0: Now we see what happens when I start the podcast without giving people any notice.
1: Can you hear
2: me? (laughs) Can you hear
0: me? I can hear you. Who the hell just screamed shit at the top of their lungs? What the hell just happened?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is somebody, like, having a hurricane? Jen, are you all right?
3: Over? Hello? <laughs> hey Melinda. Hello. How are you? Uh oh. Why are you giggling?
0: Jen just like seemed to fall over and is doing the phone I can't get up thing
4: <laughs> I guess. Hey Lady
0: Chi. She... Alright, we're waiting but... in bated breath to see what just happened to Jen. Jen?
5: Jen. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here.
6: Sorry. Well, I wasn't expecting that. I had my Chinese food all over. Like, every, like I was sitting on my computer, and you have to understand, like, I have one of those, I, are they called armoires? I don't know. My computer is like in one of those yeah. things that look like a, a dresser. Anyway. And uh, I had my Chinese food like everywhere, and like my headphones were under it somehow. <laughs> and so when you scare the crap out of me and call <laughs> me, I grabbed my headphones <laughs> like a retard instead of just using my mouse.
2: Uh-huh.
6: And <laughs> and I dropped Chinese food <laughs> all over my pants.
7: So run the next time you're. Feeling jealous of me Cause I'm so famous And awesome at Quidditch Just remember that time That we took you to Slughorn's office And you nearly drank yourself to death But I say
0: here's the thing. Today, I just want to talk a lot about McGonagall at the beach. That's really my <laughs> contribution to this episode. <laughs> I feel yeah, special. I was
6: like, I glazed yeah. over that because I was getting to the angsty stuff. All right,
0: <laughs> everyone, be very excited because basically in these chapters, um, well, basically, yeah, okay. Zen, what huh.
6: <laughs> <laughs> that made no sense whatsoever.
0: Welcome back to Paraphy Weekly, everyone. This is Ryan.
6: And Jen,
1: and Chi.
0: And Melinda.
1: And P.S. This is
0: the last Shoebox episode, everybody.
7: <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> love Shoebox. I'm not You're gonna, part of
0: me. I'm not going to lie to everybody. Now, Jen sent me a message today as I was reading <laughs> these chapters. <laughs>
6: oh, my Lord. Jen was
0: very upset. Jen was Jen was crying. And with Jen's life, crying is usually a bad thing. So I'm like, Jen, oh, what's wrong? She's like, James's- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> She's like, James's parents died. Now, <laughs> that would have been cute if James was not her husband's name. <laughs> <laughs>
6: oh. totally freaks out. <laughs>
0: I'm like, oh my God, are you all right? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'll get over it. What time was the broadcast? <laughs> I'm dying! Oh my
7: god! <laughs> I'm like, you bitch! Your husband's parents is dying. Take the week off. Oh my god! <laughs> time. they're
0: Nothing to grave. I'm like, what killed them? An unforgivable curse. <laughs> what? Oh, oh
2: god. <laughs>
0: All right,
6: he I was have... like, what? Are you okay? And I was like, well, no, I'm sad. <laughs> he was
1: like, oh, my God. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I have good news for everybody. Now, coming up in, Jen, what is it? Is it less than three weeks? Is it's
1: it three like weeks?
6: three. Well, today's the, what, 17th, and it's the 13th,
0: mm-hmm. so. Well, I, I was talking to Jen last night. Now, I visit New York all the time, and I'm like, Jen, you know what? I'm only going to be going there for another couple months. You need to go to New York. So she's like, okay, I just booked a ticket. I'm like, oh, oh. Jen's coming to New York. She's like, I'm staying for six days. Here I come. I'm like, <laughs> this is, can we podcast during this? Because I think that would be good for, for all of us if you could podcast. And then yes. Jen, Jen told me something. Thing which disturbed me. Oh no. Jen said, I'm bringing pepper spray. <laughs> no! And I had a flashback to Jen <laughs> chasing her car in slow motion across the field. Jen trying to explain to the police officer why she got lost in the parking lot. <laughs> Jen curling up in the fetal position because the bear was sniffing her neck. <laughs> And I'm picturing, this is what I'm picturing in slow motion. Jen pulling the pepper spray out of her bag. Look, Ryan, look what I have. And me going down for the count. And then our next episode. Hi, everyone. This is Jen. And we have a special guest. Look who's back this week. Hello. Because I've been (laughs) shot in the face.
6: <laughs> Ryan is unfortunately blind this time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ryan, I'm so sorry. And I know the doctor said your vision might not come back,
6: but let's be hopeful. We'll be hopeful. Oh
0: god. So I'm like, Jen, I'll tell you what, I'll just bring a bat with us everywhere. How's that sound? A bat? Yeah.
6: Oh, well- a baseball
5: bat. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs>
0: That is something I should picture. Chen, the muggers are all around. Just get the bat, and she releases a bat into the air. <laughs> that is the type of planning that goes into every episode of Perfect <laughs> Weekly. I want you to know. you <laughs> <laughs>
5: one that you said? I'll bring it on a leash. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I'm so just, I've got
1: I'm just perfect. I'm picturing him holding the bat on a leash like a balloon, <laughs> like it's fluttering
0: in the air behind him. <laughs> this is how you know a Texan has come to New York, everybody. Well, no, it's like when when you enter the contests where if you win this contest, you win Melinda and she'll write you whatever fic you want. Imagine winning Jen and you're like, I want a Hermione as a trial lawyer fic and you get Hermione as a hunter As a trial
1: lawyer interests tribal <laughs> career, her <mind> <laughs> interests. <laughs> oh
6: lord i can never escape
0: all right all right jen i can't wait to meet <laughs> oh. you and i told jen i'm like jen you know what's gonna happen i'm gonna meet you and we're just gonna be like oh yeah yeah, you're nothing great and we just won't ever talk <laughs> you know, <I'm> just
6: <laughs> no oh god no jen i was is telling t- meg i was <laughs> like meg i'm so scared it's gonna be so weird and she's like jen breathe it's gonna be awkward <laughs> like one second and then you're going to trip, and it's going to be <laughs> n- completely fine. I was like,
3: okay, okay.
0: <laughs> well, I even said to Danielle, because um, what's going to happen? Just Jen-
3: alcohol, it'll be fine. Yeah,
0: alcohol will be great. Jen's going to be there a little bit before I will, and she's going to be there like a day after I will.
6: It's over like a holiday, which I- you said it's President's Day or something. It is. It's also Valentine's Day, and like I just completely – I was like, oh, really? It didn't even dawn on me that it's February 14th. Hello.
0: You're like Shaken? I feel terrible. I'm like what? why? You're like like I'm gonna be interfering with uh, Valentine's Day plans. I'm like I'm not even gonna be there on Valentine's Day.
6: Have fun. It <laughs> like have fun with Danielle. <laughs> 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 we'll have a nice candlelight dinner. <laughs> go for It'll it. Be great. Dancing. Yeah, you'll be fine. Wow. Oh, I want to go. Okay. Done cutting. I'm, done I'm so excited. I've never been to New York.
0: Well, the funny thing so is I'm bringing my friend with me who has the worst luck of anyone I've ever met until I met Jen. So I think Jen will be, will be a hopeful <laughs> influence in her life. Because whenever like, we're together, I'm like, well, I had a bad day today. She's like, here was my day. I'm like, you win. And I've never won. I've never won. But Jen will kick her ass. <laughs>
6: no. Wait, you're bringing me to compete with your friend over...
0: Yes, yes. you will kick her I ass. i feel so
6: loved right now.
0: <laughs> you will kick her ass. Your answer to everything. I got bitten by a grizzly bear. <laughs> 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 So I'm like, Danielle, when I leave, we need to make sure that the, the, the number for poison control, all of the area hospitals, we have a map. Because we <laughs> never swear. know what can happen. Because, Jen, here's the thing. We know it's going to happen now. It's like Star Trek. They know no, next week something that. Bad Knock will
6: happen. Knock on wood. Knock yeah, on wood. We're not going to have anything bad happen.
0: Jen, Jen, it's what? me. It's me. <laughs> okay. It's me. Well, okay. Do fine. you even know I was listening to an old Perfect Weekly episode? Like, I have them in my car, and I just sometimes will turn them on. And it was. It was many. It was the time that your um, house flooded, and the, the firemen had to carry you over the water. And you had all your dairy products. I'm not sure if you remember that, Jen.
4: <laughs> Jen. Jen. What? Are it th- happened. It really did
0: happen. Jen, do you have your microphone up again?
4: Yeah. Wait. What?
0: What? <laughs> nothing, Jen. Nothing at all. Well, I'm listening to this old episode of Perfect Weekly, and Jen, and um, and Jen tells this funny story. I'm like, I'm like, you know what we should do? And I'm totally joking at the time. Every week, let's have a let's see what happens to Jen this week episode. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
6: little did you know, Little
0: did I know? Like, pre- pre- pretend this is Jen's like roast, like for 25 years of dedicated service. The first <laughs> time the forum blew up, Jen was in charge. <laughs>
3: She called me crying. What do I do? What do I do? If the forum really was blowing up, this is exactly the way you'd expect Jen to react. (laughs) So she calls
0: me. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? do do?" I'm like, Jen. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm at my girlfriend's house. I haven't seen her in 16 days. I really don't care if it burns to the ground. Talk to you later. (laughs) So Jen's response is okay. I'm making my first official headmistress action. So she walks over to a little keyboard. She's like, I declare that Chi is in charge of the forum. I'm going to a movie.
6: I'm going to the movies.
0: <laughs> but I get a frantic call from Chi. What the hell is going on? Tra- <laughs> so then Chi so goes on the forum and says, I will lay down the smackdown. I will fix this. So she types something. Now, I don't know if she's doing that. So I go on the forum and type something completely countermanding. <laughs>
2: And <laughs> everything that she and
6: it's all Jen's fault. <laughs> what?
0: After that, we set, we came up with the perfect weekly government with people in the line <laughs> of succession. And- <laughs>
1: I bet this is how the real government came about, too.
0: I know, but that is actually how... That is why we have, like, all of this layer of bureaucracy. Because it's like, I'm... (laughs) I'm like, I'm... like You're like, I'm indisposed. Chen's freaked out. She's in the movie. She's in charge. I'm in charge. (laughs) It's like Reagan got shot. We're running into each other. It's terrible. (laughs) All right. Lady Chi, I hear you have some news for us this week.
4: Yeah. um, My father found out my other life. (laughs)
0: Your he, uh, father uh, discovered Lady life. Chi.
4: Yeah, my secret life. He, uh For some reason, I don't know how it came about. Amanda's right here. She can probably tell me. But I was – oh, I know what it is. I was on the phone with Ryan and – or Jen. No, I was on the phone with Jen. And We're so it was similar. Like, it's hard
0: to remember what happened when. Don't worry
4: about Yeah. It. And uh, – I came in the house and I was talking and I kind of have a loud voice. I'm not sure if you know that. And it was like nine o'clock and my parents were asleep because they're old. And
2: I hope they don't listen my to the dad show came now.
4: downstairs and uh he's like, who is she talking to? And Amanda's like, Oh, well some people she's never met before. So of course my dad is like freaking out. And so I explained to him that, you know, these are just people that I podcast with. And he goes, so what, they're all teenagers? And I said, no, you no, know, one of them's a wedding photographer and one of them works with the government of Massachusetts. So then he comes home the next day and he like ratted me out about this, like teasing me dreadfully about this podcast for hours. And he came home the next day and he's like, we're driving to PetSmart to get the dog the dog's dog food because it's going to rain like two inches. And oh my God, what if we in the house and the dogs can't eat dog food. Ah! So... <laughs> I'm in the car with my parents and my dad goes, so I was in a meeting today and I said, oh, I bet that was fun. And he goes, yeah, I spent all day, um, Googling lady chai. It's like, dad, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. No, I said lady tie. That's right. Yeah.
4: yeah. Chi, and I was or... like, no, no, no. And I told him, it was like, I was like, no, it's lady cheese. Like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, it was like, he's like, you you definitely um you can't put the space in there, and I was like, no. And he's like, that's some stripper lady out of Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> like, Your father's <laughs> in the
0: middle of a meeting, googling like strippers' websites.
4: <laughs> and so oh my, he, he's like, if you not put the space in there. He, like he's like, I found all sorts of stuff. Like I found like a website that you're an administrator for, and then I found like your stories, and then I found the podcast, and I was like...
0: Did he listen to the podcast?
4: No. no, no Thank no, God? No, no, no. Thank <laughs> Christ. Has he, like, has
0: he listened to Lady Cheese, in fact, not a rock, to see God. what the story <laughs> was? or like?
4: No, I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> if anyone was... would like to get Papa a, a, an MP3 player, um, please send your <laughs> donations <laughs> to... Uh... <laughs>
4: <laughs> that cracked me up. It was just. It was. It was an interesting. Um, I was just surprised that he googled me.
1: <laughs> I <was just> like, <laughs> why
4: are uh, you saying?
0: Hold on, quick break. I have to Google
3: myself. Please hold. On.
1: <laughs> like I have Google. I, 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 I have. I'm
3: alarming. How much information comes from. Let's Google Melinda. <laughs>
6: No, I've googled Melinda before, but I've googled. I've googled oh, please! You, Who Ryan?
3: hasn't googled Melinda?
0: How do you, go, you Google me? You Google Ryan?
6: I I would Google Ryan. Well, I don't I know. Did, I did lots of things. I did Ryan at Potterfic Weekly.
0: I was listening to one of our early episodes. It's the one where we sound like absolute crap, which I'm amazed people actually downloaded. But Wait, which one? It's like episode three, the one where out.
6: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you sound like you're talking through a
4: tunnel. <laughs>
0: exactly. Gee, what were you using to record yourself in the beginning? Because you sounded like a different person.
4: Um, I had a sound recorder on my computer and that, died. that I've used all the time, and that died.
0: You're in your like fifth mic with perfect Weekly, aren't you?
4: Yeah, I am. <laughs> I have dogs that eat them. If I wouldn't leave them lying around. I'm just I'm I'm an obsessive compulsive junk thrower. Like I just I create messes so that when I get in like my panicky moods, I can just clean and then everything will be better. But I have to create the mess first. So I like throw stuff everywhere. My room is a disaster right now. Yeah, I'm just waiting for my uh, meds to wear off. <laughs> Laugh, that was funny. <laughs> We're all like, no, I'm, just, I'm just
1: thinking about I'm just thinking about how how I, I'm kind of a neat freak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, Oh,
4: I'm not at all. You
0: guys should rent an apartment oh, and okay. we could okay. podcast during the whole thing. That'd be funny.
4: What was really, like, what's really funny, like, you could ask Brian and Jen, like, we'll be having a really intense heated discussion, and I'll get, like, panicky, and I'll be like, I've got to go do dishes. And they'll be like, What? And I'm like, I can't explain. I just have to go do dishes. And then I'll go do dishes for, like, 20 minutes. I oh, know, yeah, but Jen and I <laughs> are sitting there, like, Is it.
0: she coming back? <laughs> I
4: don't know. We're like, What? How many dishes are there? <laughs> and like, not going to be all better. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm bad. But one of my um, friends from high school, I ran into her in uh, at college today and we were talking she got diagnosed with depression and anxiety too. So we're like comparing notes like which one of us is crazier. It's just a fun conversation. It was a really fun conversation. Anyway. Like, nobody oh is talking. It's just me going, blah, 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 Like, people can tell my medicine's working today. <laughs>
0: We're just letting it go. We should invite Mike in cold and have him explain what he thought happened this week.
6: <laughs> no, he's been too busy. He's been yelling at me all day today that Hermione burned the Marauder's Map. He, he's, yeah, yelling he's yelling at me. Yelling.
1: What, what the hell is I he talking about? Is he on drugs? See, there's a fic. There's a fic he was yeah. reading. Yeah, I, I recommend, recommend it. I had or something. You recommend? the fic?
6: Well, I did, but no. not to him necessarily. Just a general recommendation. What oh, a lioness bites. Like, right.
2: It's
1: a
6: good sexy fake. It's a good Snape Hermione. Yeah. And like he totally got hung up on the fact that Hermione burned. <laughs> <I> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't, for, like,
2: Hermione,
1: like, any, I don't think he likes Hermione. I don't think he even likes Hermione.
0: No, Jen, I yeah. know you haven't started Babylon 5 yet, but there's a character who gets added in the second season, and he went on IMDb and saw that that... All he saw was the character's name. And he was trying to guess how that character would be brought onto the show, and he was completely off-base, but he kept referring to that that character as that bastard, and then their name. Like, it, like way in advance, he was convinced that bastard was going to come on and ruin everything. I'm like, um, no.
1: What's the character's name? Sheridan. I don't know why. I thought it might... Never mind. I, th- I wanted to know why he thought the name. That's No, I just wanted to... I mean, if, if he had a name, that like, sounded like a bastard name. Yeah, if his
4: name was, like, what was his
0: name? Bob? <laughs>
1: well, Bastard, or maybe, Bob. maybe he didn't like somebody he knew called Sheridan. <laughs>
4: I don't think so. I just think Mike's like.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you ever
4: seen um? What's that show? Keeping up appearances. Yes, I, I love, love that.
1: Is
3: it oh my god! Isn't this son, son. son?
0: Yes, my my darling son Sheridan. I actually am looking. I Don't at know
3: the effort it took to restrain myself from saying Snape when you were asked for a bastard name.
0: Melinda's been on mute for the past half hour. Um, <laughs> Jen's like Dumbledore but um I actually I actually have Keeping Up Appearances on DVD my favorite one I actually always tell my mother my mother reminds me of Hyacinth sometimes And, and Richard was exactly like my father like that was their marriage but um oh yeah the, do you ever see the one where Richard and Hyacinth decide they're going to go? She wants to go um, sailing to bring Elizabeth and whatever the hell his name is.
8: Oh yeah and, yeah, and And the boat. You the are you on show. Now? What show are you Keeping on now? Keeping up
1: appearances. Keeping up
0: appearances is okay. a British show. Um, and, I can picture and
1: Melinda like thinking this is like sci-fi
3: or something. Richard, I, mean, I Richt- was thinking about Richt- Star Galactica again. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Tina loves that. Ha! Huh, you're next. So, so, <laughs>
3: it is awesome, man.
0: Yeah, so so Richard's on the boat, and the boat is, like, drifting out into the water, and Hyacinth is running after it, like, along the shore, because he has no control over the boat. And she's like, Richard, stop! And, like, he has no way of stopping this huge boat. She's like, Richard, I order you! So every time Danielle pisses me off, Love I'm like, one.
4: I order you! <laughs> That's okay. I was uh, driving with my dad somewhere. <laughs> so and that just over being well. like- yeah,
0: it works over very well. I won <laughs> <our, for, laughs> a fight like, cleanly, and I'm like, this is never going to happen again. I'm not going to gloat.
4: <laughs> it was so funny. I, I was actually driving with my dad the other day, and I don't drive with my father, because he's one of those people that's like, you know, that looks you are, you gonna do- <laughs> are you going to stop? Are you going to stop? Those brakes work really well, huh? You know? You might think uh, about turning yeah, soon. So finally, I was like, mind the cows, dear. <laughs> like... <laughs> He's like, yeah, my oh, dad, man. my dad's like that too. It's like Danny Tanner
0: teaching DJ the drive. Look out for the tree. It's like way across the parking lot.
6: Well, it doesn't okay. help. Like my new GPS thing, if I go over, it, it goes, you are over the speed limit. And my dad just gives me this like all knowing <laughs> squinny eyes. <laughs> like, shut up, <out>, GPS.
0: <laughs> recalculating, recalculating.
3: I know. <laughs> GPS my kids, I gave Leo a GPS for Christmas. They keep like ha- ha- programming it. To go to the wrong place because they want to hear the GPS <laughs> yell at Leo. You <laughs> can keep just like recalculating, recalculating. What do you have to do to make her yell at him? It's very funny. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Does anyone watch Gilmore Girls? No. PS is like, I hate you. Anyone no, watch just, Gilmore Girls? Like, I just no.
1: felt
0: like I should say something. G-G- no one here watches Gilmore Girls? No.
1: No, sorry. Okay. It's, I, used I think it's funny, but you've
0: watched it. Like you, let well, over.
6: I do. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Gilmore Girls. I got them all, all right. for
0: Christmas. It's got, um. D- okay, even if you don't watch it, do you know who the who plays the grandparents? Like the like the rich elite yeah. couple. They're yeah. driving in their car, and Richard just got a new GPS system, but it's, <laughs> he he can't program it. But it's screaming. Yeah, them in German. <laughs> not it oh, yeah. Stop. <laughs> it's like yeah. It's like sounds like something out of a Nazi war movie. (laughs) He just doesn't know what to do. (laughs) It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life.
7: Yep. Yeah.
1: I wish yeah. it like had a better voice. Like I wish it was like the voice of Alan Rickman or something.
7: Oh,
6: I you feel like mine is yelling it, at me. You're driving time. circles
0: around your blog. Recalculating.
6: Wait, Jen, <sighs> but yours a woman. It's a woman, but she sounds so bored. Like,
1: mine, and when can, except mine, when mine, the when man she... sounds nicer. If you can really? change
3: Alan Rickman. I'll he try. Sounds stupid so because he had to recalculate your directions. <laughs> exactly. Recalculate.
1: No, no, no. He would be like, he would be like Snape, and he would be. Like recalculating, like he would make (laughs) 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 a punch
3: through (laughs) his teeth. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) you missed the turn. Recalculating for you,
3: idiots.
4: I, th- I think that there should be a setting on your GPS that you can just be like, find me cops who find puppies.
3: And then it's just like. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Melinda, have you listened to the last episode yet?
3: That's not my fault. No, Stupid. I'm so behind from the ones that were released over Christmas because the kids were home and I didn't. So I'm, I'm behind no everything. Jen
0: got a GPS and when for she Christmas. got into her car it asked her, do you want, you know, shortest or fastest, fastest. route? And she <laughs> stared at her GPS for 20 minutes at the crickets <laughs> in the background? So, I know, I
2: pondering that.
0: So she ends up driving. She says, sure, this, which avoids all Highway. She's driving through the ghetto of Fort Worth. And the GPS system kept losing. So it kept getting lost. So it kept saying recalculating. So she's driving erratically. And she got pulled over by a police officer. She was driving so erratically. And the GPS. And the, so the cop comes under the car and says, I noticed you were driving erratically. Are you looking for the missing puppy?
6: I know. I was like, What? What so was promise? it you got
0: pulled over twice and it screamed at you when you tried to pull off into a Krispy Kreme donut
6: Yes! I'm telling you, my thing is mean to me. Like it's like it's like you are going the wrong way. And like and then when it says it says when it says recalculating, like it purposely takes five minutes till I've missed every possible <laughs> like it's just, So it's like it's exactly. seriously, it sounds like this. It sounds like this. <coughs> Recalculating, (laughs)
2: recalculate.
6: Like, and uh, so I'm like driving. I'm like, there's like six lanes, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, which way? And it's like U-turn. I'm like, what? I hate that thing. (laughs) U-turn. I know, it's horrible. Well, no,
0: my friends got a GPS. (laughs) uh, Like the street I live on, it's near um a major highway. It's near Route One. So you there um you can drive from my house to Route 1. Like, you can drive, like, on the side street that empties out into the highway, but you can't come off the highway onto the side street, because it's one way. Oh, right. The GPS system told them to drive down the highway <laughs> and turn right onto the side street. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, like, cars flying out. <laughs> 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 it's a stupid GPS. Apparently, didn't know one-way streets. Like, what happened if you drove in New York City where every other street is one way? You would have died.
1: Or like, it doesn't. The thing is, it like it tells you to make a U-turn where you can't. Like, so like it'll be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like
6: over that green turn. pasture. Then there'll be
1: a sign that says "No U-turn," and then for like a mile, everything it's like "No U-turn."
3: <laughs> Recalculating. <laughs>
0: <Calculating>. <laughs> it's just stuck on the islands. <laughs> Yeah,
3: but those no U turn signs don't really mean you if you need to turn around.
6: Well, <laughs> what, what kills me? Okay, for example, I was I went to the mall last week and I tried to get there, and it's one of those like it tells me you have arrived at your destination, and you look around and there's nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> where am I?
2: You <laughs> <We> have arrived. <laughs>
0: Well, it's like when you do it like
7: Danielle and I
0: once we were staying in Montreal. We went to Montreal for a week and we took a day trip to Quebec City. Let me just tell you if you're ever in Montreal for a week, never take a day trip to Quebec City. <laughs> that would be like me like visiting you know Massachusetts and I'm like, oh, I'll take a day trip and go visit she and then come back. Like you don't do it. Oh, okay. like, like I'm like I'm surprised I wasn't like falling asleep at the wheel. so we drive so we get directions <laughs> from Montreal from our hotel and we just put in the destination Quebec City. So we're driving there and we we're like we pull off the highway and it says turn left here. I'm like, alright. So like do, do you know that street in um in San Francisco, it's like very famous in the movies, it's like the wine street. street.
6: Lombard's yeah. Lombard Street.
0: So it's like I'm driving down like a version of Lombard Lombard Street. I'm driving down a version of that street and like I'm going to like the bottom of this so then it's like turn right no, I'm sorry, then the direction say i'm doing the gps i didn't have one then the, the mapquest direction said take like a sharp right turn so i took a sharp right turn i'm in someone's driveway at the bottom <laughs> of a freaking hill it's like you have arrived in quebec city i'm like so it's nice like get out of the dish and like sent me to the bottom of a well i'm like the fuck so i just drive all the way back up and i'm like all right um i guess we were here <laughs> like what would make the map cross directions send me to like the bottom of the ravine
6: (laughs) I think if you say just a general town they take you to the post office or isn't that
1: right like the outskirts or something I don't know or like the center it's somewhere (laughs) apparently I was in
0: the center of Quebec City I was in a ditch (laughs) 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 alright so anyone else got a story or do we want to start tonight
1: I don't have anything that could beat that not long before we started, I got this email from somebody offering to, or who wanted to translate one of my fics into Polish.
0: No, I'm taking it this person is Polish. Yes. Okay. So
1: wow. Was, and I, I just cool. thought it was really cool. Like, I, I still think Very it's cool. pretty cool.
0: Like, I just have to give, for all of you Plaid Slytherin fans out there, I have to give you some sense of the inner Plaid Slytherin. Plaid... Um, P.S. and I, I'm calling her Plaid for some godforsaken reason. P.S. <laughs> and I, Plaid to some. P.S. and I are talking yesterday. And she's talking to me about um, her reread of Half Blood Prince. Now, what was the name of the character who was at Slughorn's party?
1: Eldred Warple. He's the guy with the vampire.
0: Yes, you'll <laughs> all remember. He was a critical character in Half Blood Prince. I, I think you all, we all know who we're talking about. Everyone's okay. So, yeah, I'm on the same. All <laughs> right, now tell them what you told me happened during your reread. If you, if you okay,
1: right. I was reading it, and he introduces him. Horace introduces this guy as his former student. and Brace yourselves. I, I had him down in my fic as a classmate. But the thing is, it's not in the text of the fic. It's just in my notes. I'm the only person that knows that.
0: Well, not now, but, you
1: know. And, but it still really bothered me.
0: She was very upset. We had to calm her down. It, it was not <laughs> a good situation.
1: It was like, it's like, I couldn't remember like, if I'd mentioned him as one of the random people in the sorting, you know? like. Mm-hmm. So I had to f- get to a computer and search.
0: So this find- is so you like you like broke your schedule to find your fic to check just to make sure.
1: I wanted to, but so like it, in the meantime, it was like, while I was worried, I was like coming up with all these like ways to explain it. I was gonna be like. Oh, it's his son. In case somebody noticed. But then I realized nobody would ever notice these things.
0: No, I got to tell you, J.K. <laughs> J- J. Rowling, lovely woman, has like a billion dollars. She had Flint go to Hogwarts for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> and she still seems to be like, you know, relatively okay. So,
3: yeah. Oh, math. Uh, Isn't that her usual?
0: Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, he repeated year. He <laughs> yeah, was a whatever. bit of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't
4: so that right. Let's just take uh, buttholes as a, as a fact of life. <laughs> Yeah. Like I, I actually had a review the other day, Melinda. You'll probably sympathize with this. Somebody um sent me a review that s- pointed out every plot hole in Discovering Lily, like from the first chapter to the twelfth chapter. He's a very lovely guy. It was a very helpful review, but, d- but by know, the end of it, I was there's just other like things to do. I mean, I'm like you know, I'm like why can't you just accept some things at face value? He's like, and why did it take them to get to chapter six to try, to try and use oculum and see? I would have, I would have done that sooner. I think that Harry and Ron, I'm like, because it wasn't convenient for me until chapter six. That's why. Damn it. <laughs> 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 Yeah.
0: Melinda I'm- is sitting on her hands right now going, you guys went on about the damn boat for 25 minutes. <laughs> and then it ended. And then Jen's like,
1: down, all right. Jen's like,
0: did we ever figure out what the hell she was doing with that boat? That boat served no artistic purpose whatsoever. I, I figured
1: out the boat the first time through. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> proud of oh, <laughs> like I, that's, I pictured, I think I pictured the right thing
4: when I was reading it.
0: I think everyone besides Jen and Chi pictured the right thing. I think everyone's fast forwarding.
4: I,
3: pre- I have never I can't help I, it. Aruga! I have, I have Aruga. Podcast, Aruga! After that podcast, I, I, I that, put that, down that the That Aruga sound makes me like Pavlov's dog. I can't <laughs> when I hear it.
0: <laughs> Melinda grasps something. Oh god, they're back. <laughs> and we even found one plot hole in the entire fic, and you're like, I don't even give a damn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Yeah. The right. dementor thing? Yeah. yeah. Thanks. like so, when I,
1: when I... I read that, no, when I read that I was like waiting for like there to be like a big reason like that he had somehow like had that memory. Like I thought there was going to be some drama at the end.
0: Well, Melinda could have even Here's the thing, Melinda's a Hufflepuff. She's too honest. If she had any slither in her, she would have been like, "Yeah, that was all planned."
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I was going to do with Eldred Warple. Like if he found <laughs> if it turned out he was there, I was going to be like, "He named his son after himself."
4: <laughs> there you go. I thought that was funny. I was just Okay, I have to say, though, I in the back of my mind, every time we talk about this, I'm like, oh, if we ever do one of my stories, and let's hope that we don't, it's like, Melinda's going to request to be on every Well,
0: that's exactly <laughs> it, because you'll obviously be off the show for five weeks, and you'll be like, welcome back to Perfect Weekly, everyone. I'm Melinda. And you'll hear Chi and I trying to break the door down on the other side to get back into the studio. <laughs> let's start with chapter one. Now... I usually try not to start sentences with prepositions, but I guess if she really had nothing else going on that day, that was an interesting choice. Oh, look at this, discovering Lily because Lily's not overdone in the fandom at all. All right, let's. (laughs) Oh, look, she made Lily a redhead. Isn't that
5: original? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know. She's gonna come after me. She'll have every right. She'll have every right.
0: Now I'm not understanding the mechanics of chapter one because Jenny was in the kitchen,
5: and oh then she my then in the, in
0: the next paragraph she's upstairs. She's now, actually, I don't understand how she got upstairs. I mean, she, I, I, maybe she like she was in the kitchen. And then it's she was in the stairwell.
7: Exactly- and then all of a sudden,
0: <laughs> after extended dialogue with Harry, she, they're upstairs. And I don't know how she got there. I think that's what we call a plot hole, Chi. I don't think <laughs> you got us too. It's point. a plot hole. Yes. All right. That oh. dirty coming from Jen. Speaking of dirty,
5: the Shoebox Project. <laughs> hey. well, so much of the Shoebox
4: Project is dirty, you know? I always feel as though I have to go take a bath after I get done. I'm well, uh, not. <laughs>
0: What? That's how I feel talking to you people every day. So I'm glad that the story is able to bring out my feelings <laughs> towards you. the rest of you. All right. I just want to say this. I want to do this first before we even jump in tonight. What is everyone's favorite moment in the final chapters?
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know if I could pick. I love these final chapters. Favorite I think Favorite scenes after James' parents dies at the, at the funeral. Yeah. The mattress scenes the to me. So sh- yeah. Short. I know.
0: I love that. Mine had to be James and Lily in the bathroom. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was fun.
6: I like the yeah. serious James moment where James is telling him how bad the sex was.
0: Like it was terribly bad. The se- like serious, <laughs> serious. Well, no, yeah. I'm, like I'm at the, like here's the thing. Like I'm getting married in a year, so Danielle and I are at the bathroom point. Like that's normal. I'm, like it's like <laughs> ever see the Mad About You episode where they're trying to synchronize using using the sink and you know Paul Reiser puts his head down to spit and and Helen Hunt spits on the back of his neck. Like that is <laughs> my life. <laughs> That is my life. So I'm reading that and like (laughs) This is real. I like this. They've loved the boys before. This is good. This is nice.
4: That correct. It's
6: true though. I agree with that.
0: The sex part was hilarious, though. The sex part was, Mm -hmm. I thought that, like, I don't know, that just seemed, I I feel bad being the only guy here because I'm like, that was a funny part, don't you all think? Okay, let's move on.
3: (laughs) It's not like people stupider than us haven't managed this before. (laughs) 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 I love (laughs) that.
0: Well, that's like my view on life, like, all across the board. It's like, okay, you know, there's people out there who don't, you know, have the ability to, like, you know, think on their own and they still drive cars. So there's no reason I can't find my way into Boston and find my way back out again. Although, if you've seen some of the road signs in Boston, it's probably very possible I'll never come back again. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I just, I thought that was just so freaking hilarious. It's just the two of them and they're just sitting there and, and, and it's like, it, it was terrible. It was awful. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. She spent, she spent the night in the bath. Oh, um,
3: but it's like, I love the that. Fact- that it was awful because, I mean, it was first time for both of them. So it it makes sense that it was awful, but fan fiction doesn't, Really ever like to show you that, so I can just picture him staring at the ceiling and her like edging, edging further and further away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're just staring at the ceiling tiles. I <laughs> love the, w- I love the way it was even set up because it's like it's like the upward climb. It's the it's the, you know the typical romance and all of, like the trashy romance novel fluff. Then all of a sudden it's that's a very nice ceiling tile. I like. <laughs> and all it was missing was like you know like the little subtitle that said thirty two seconds later. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like just like
6: oh. Uh, Well, I wondered, I kept wondering, like, why is this so bad? Like, I don't understand (laughs) how the mechanics, and I really like that they go into it, and like, it was bad for him as well, and she was, I liked that they had her ask, like, but I thought it was always, you know, good for guys, like, because usually it's the girl who has the hard time enjoying sex, I think, and and I just loved that he was like, no, it was bad. It was
3: real, it was terrible. (laughs) There are things you can do to make it bad, and we did them all. You know, <laughs> we did them all.
0: <laughs> you really had to work at it to get it this bad. But then it's like, even when you think about it, they're, like, sitting there, and they're like, do you think it's, like, this bad for everybody, and would they just keep a really good secret? Like, like, they, like it's just, like, <laughs> I love... It's like,
1: like sex and lot. conspiracy.
0: Yeah, it's it's the sex conspiracy. I just I thought that was just so freaking hilarious. I don't know. I mean, stuff like that, like like you said, like stuff like that makes it real because then it's basically you know like is she gonna go off to Argentina? Well, I, I don't think she'll get better sex there, so you might be okay because <laughs> while you suck, you may be better than a lot of other people. Like it's like oh my, it's like like it's like the first time you're having sex, you think it's gonna be this like you know transformation in your life, and now am I I am a man and I will know how to fix the sprinkler system when it breaks because I have had sex, so I. How to do these yes. things.
4: Really? what's Is that really? How they, that's funny. Really?
0: Uh, oh, God. Um, Where where are the other men? I'm looking at the peon um, gallery over here. and um,
6: I was like, wow, I knew there had to be a reason, but I never knew it was that. It's like, jump to the
8: dome.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I had a friend in high school who he called me at my work one day. I'm like, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm like, I know what you did tonight for the very first time. He's like, what? And I'm like, don't you lie to me? He's like, yeah. It's just like it's like the, you can tell. So obviously, he had a better time than James did. But it's just, well,
6: like- still, I think I like it because I think it's a perfect description of how sex for the first time for anyone is like weird and awkward and uncomfortable and not extremely great.
3: That's how not. I mean- Reading it too didn't you feel kind of like your heart ached for them and it was awkward and you were kind of cringing i mean just reading it though you felt that way i thought
6: it was really yeah like like, sex is not like it is a misconception like it's all romance and the movies lie
0: but listen listen listen, kids (laughs) listen kids because we don't know how old you you listening to this maybe you're in you know mom's car in which case you know tina didn't turn off the radio yet so we're talking to maybe a younger audience here (laughs) listen kids you know, they, they teach you in school, you know, not to have sex because of, you know, sexually transmitted diseases and, and pregnancy. you know, pregnancy Over. and all the, like, hosts of reasons. What you don't know is it sucks. <laughs> it is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it will ruin your teach. life. It, it, it is like eating whiteout. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> Who oh, would you do
0: stop. that voluntarily? That is yeah.
5: what. It's not like what, eating whiteout. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is what the shoebox project taught me. Well no, because it's it's you see it throughout the story. You see it when the Marauders grow up and all of a sudden they're afraid to be, you know, naked around each other. Now that is something which I am um, they're like, now we're afraid to be naked around each other. And that one was always a little confusing for me, but we'll come back to that later, because now <laughs> they're afraid to be around each other. But it's even in the moments later in these chapters with Remus and with Sirius, where Remus is sitting there, and he's got the clogged nostril, and then the other nostrils clogged. Can I just tell you, I love these authors so much. I love the way they write a head cold, because it's exactly how I feel. <laughs> like I've always said, that, like having a cold is the worst feeling in the world, because you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel like yourself, you can't be happy, you don't enjoy things because you've got this friggin' head cold. I hate head Alright, I'm over it. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's just the moment where Sirius, and, and he's like, you're not supposed to get colds. Like, that's not supposed to happen. It's supposed, it's like I said before, it's supposed to change everything in your life, and the grass is supposed to smell differently, and pasta tastes better, and all of these <laughs> things are supposed to happen. And you're... <laughs>
3: Little overboard. With that body it disgusting. of functions through the whole thing. Here,
0: though. Well, they do. I mean, I love the part at the end of the fi- of, of the thick or the thick so far, where they're in the hospital with, uh, they're probably at St. Mungo's actually, with um, Remus and with Sirius, and um, Remus accidentally lets out to Lily that Sirius is an animagus, and he covers it by going, "Oh no, he's dog-like," you know. he – yeah. He has a good sense of smell, you know, great tracking instincts. He pees on fire hydrants. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess the other thing And she's basically like, <laughs> <looked>. because <laughs> we've all seen Sirius pee on a fire hydrant. So, you know, that's, that's completely natural. Yep. So, yep. I don't know. But I do, it's, you know, as we're, we're closing out the fic tonight. So we'll talk about these chapters and then we'll talk about the fic as a whole and why we're glad we covered it in your know, thoughts and, you know, criticism and everything. I mean, the, the thing the fic does amazingly well, these chapters pretty much. It's not the end of the story, but it's definitely the the most emotional range you've seen the characters get. They do such a, just a great job of showing you life and showing you situations where like we were saying, you don't like in literature you see, like a fake version of life. It's like a TV show where everything is solved in 45 minutes and the good guys always win and, you know, sacrifices really don't mean anything. You, you, you're seeing life. You're seeing people who, you know, when your best friend gets his first love, how does this impact you? Cause now your friend won't be around as much and that impacts your life. And it's, it, it's just life has changed. I, I don't know. There's just so many different layers to, to, to life that's in the story and it just it made it so fun to read because I'm sitting there I'm like yeah that feels exactly right and I'm not talking about the sex part but it's it's like yeah that makes a, it's just it's just so
4: I, yeah it's very realistic it seems it's one of the most authentic versions of a teenage experience I've I've ever read.
0: Did you find a lot of I'm, truth I'm, like, I'm, like like did you find a lot of personal truth in it? She did you find a lot of yourself in this fic?
4: Did I did find a lot of myself because <laughs> I'm not a. Gay 16 year old male, not so much, but I thought there are aspects of it that I, I, you know, I remember from high school and
1: like the comma thing. The comma, <laughs> oh,
4: yeah. I love
1: the
3: <laughs> fact that that's she reads a sense of familiarity throughout the whole thing. I just love the fact yeah. that she reads
0: this entire fic that's filled with, you know, angst and every situation that, you know, kids will come into contact with, and the one thing that really resonates with her is is Remus's grasp of the English language. I (laughs) just think that tells us a lot about Lady Chi.
4: No, no. No, the thing that, I guess, are we asking me what was my favorite moment over the last, over the the last five chapters oh you'd like you'd, you
0: you would like if i asked you that question what i'm gonna ask you yes. is what moment do you think most resonated with
4: you oh most resonated with me it's the resonation. i would have to say it was probably the moment right after they first had sex
5: oh god and
4: they're both <clears throat> laying there well because it's just it's awkward it is painful and it's realistic <laughs> in a certain sort of way. Yeah,
0: it's it's yeah. not well it, so much of the fic is not what you expect. Well it's
4: doesn't right. she get
6: up and isn't she like I've oh, got to take a shower?
0: She well yeah, she that sleeps she sleeps in the shower. <laughs>
6: it's in the bath well, tub, yeah. she sleeps in the bathtub. I know tub. well it, may, it i I well I think it's a it's funny because you can take it two ways. Mm-hmm.
0: That she was embarrassed herself or that she What what, what is the other way? <laughs> oh never mind I just got it <laughs> <laughs> I just, no, but it doesn't,
6: it doesn't
0: explain why she slept there.
6: Well, that's true. I thought it was interesting that she slept there and that James knew that she slept there and yet he didn't go in and get her.
1: (laughs) I thought they were just both too embarrassed. Like she was embarrassed. She was like too embarrassed, like. Come back, and he was too embarrassed to go get her. Because yeah, they, they
3: they didn't want to see each other at all. Each other at all at yeah, that moment.
1: He would have thought that she was in there to like get away from mm-hmm. him, but he she was really in there to like because she was embarrassed.
3: Well, th- that was
0: the thing too, is like when he eventually said it was bad. She's like, "Did you think so?" So you wonder what her perspective on it was. Was her perspective? Well, she
6: was probably hoping that it wasn't. That's not yeah, the first thing a girl but wants like, to if hear. Somebody
1: says it was bad. You know, I mean, like he says it's bad, and then she's like, "Was it real?" Like, you know, was it really yeah. that bad? Like,
6: it's a girly moment on her behalf it's
1: like better yeah. if they think it's bad but if only one of them thought it was bad
0: although you have superhuman lily you would think lily would be the one who would put out the press release oh, but
3: is what that. is like about I how she was the one humans. brought up sex in the first place though yeah you know like no. for the look on James' face like i can't believe my luck you know <laughs> <laughs> happy days are here <laughs>
6: seriously though but is that how it is i guess I don't know. Is that how it normally happens? Well, I don't know.
0: Are you asking I- me if the girl usually jumps the guy and then they're staring at the ceiling tiles 38 seconds later?
6: Yeah, I guess that's not the, I guess that's a stupid question. That's not the way it
0: always happens.
4: No. I'm sending but i sending a frantic message to all the male not. peons
0: saying, get your asses in here. Sorry, Yeah, <laughs> no,
4: <laughs> yeah I'm I like, thinking we- about it. I really do think that more, I mean, they've done studies and gr- and girls are usually the ones that are like, all right. <laughs>
6: Well, I think it's not that. I think it's girls are usually the one that says, no, 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 not right now. And finally, when it's finally decided, the girl is the one that's finally like, okay. And the because the guy obviously wants to.
4: Yeah. And then well, the guy's sure. like,
0: will you make up your damn mind? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're getting some of Ryan's teenage angst. Here. Oh, my God.
6: <laughs> <laughs> one more year. One more year. <laughs>
0: I'm just going to sit over here in the corner with my head down. <laughs> no,
4: I'm kidding. I don't know. Actually, I think I might want to retract that statement. I think I'm going to retract the statement that that was my favorite. That was the moment that resonated with me the most. Why?
0: Because your father yes, listens me. to the podcast now we've discovered. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, you know.
2: my God. Katie? My little girl. <laughs> We get an
0: angry voicemail in the next episode
2: li- <laughs> I'll send him a
6: link to this at Thanksgiving. <laughs> He'll be like, i little
0: girl. Then we, get a, then we get a voicemail from Cheese for his boyfriend. He's like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: God. No, no, no. I, you yeah. Now,
6: the scene the scene that most resonates with me has to be the scene where they describe serious crying. Yeah. When he finally when when Remus finally decides to take him in his arms and hold him and although it's really awkward because what teenage boy isn't awkward the first time he holds a girl or a boy I guess and I just love it like I love that they describe that he cries and sobs. like not like a, a grown man but like a six-year-old and that was just like whoa well, that,
1: that made me yeah. cry
6: it's, yeah um... it made me cry. <laughs>
0: Everything makes Jen cry. We've determined that we've put like many, we put like squirrels in front of Jen crying. Ryan,
6: right? like, I swear, that makes me plants. feel horrible and you keep bringing it up. Like, I feel terrible about that
0: squirrel. <laughs> the squirrel you hit with your car? Yes!
6: <laughs> oh,
0: for the of oh my Jen, god, Jen, I meant a different squirrel.
6: At least there's an animal heaven.
0: Uh, okay, um.
6: Well, i just
1: <laughs> it, it takes a lot to make me cry. I can see like, that. Did this
6: scene make you cry?
1: Yes, that, that's what I meant. Like, I mean, it, ah, has, nice. it has to be like a really like powerful scene. To did make you cry,
0: cry, Ryan? Uh, I, I, I did not. I did not cry, but I was very touched. I thought you were just going to ask uh, P.S. if she cried in the scene. She's like, no. I thought it sucked.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. And I was going to be like, oh. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to bring up the scene where um, Ramus approaches Fabian. Wasn't that like delightfully awkward and yet? Just very. Was, I don't know. I think that that's was my, That's, that's like. like my
1: favorite chapter. That's like my
4: favorite movie. scene.
0: Well, it's when know. it's when Remus finally. You know Rose he air. he has no, well he has like a collapse. It's like okay, there's things that Remus Lupin does and there's things that Remus Lupin doesn't do, and it's like you can picture. It's like has everyone seen the commercial where the woman's late for work and she doesn't have her car, so you see her like running down the street and she like you know jumps like over the f- sign and lands on top of the garbage truck and then like parachutes into the car and then it's like hanging onto the side of the train because she has to hitch a ride to work.
1: I've never seen that commercial. Has
0: anyone seen this commercial? I think it's an insurance commercial. I
3: have, actually. You've seen it.
0: Melinda, how are you doing?
3: Oh, I don't think I've seen that
0: one. Okay, watch more TV, Melinda. You have small children. I'm sure they watch it all the time. So all I'm picturing is, like, you know, Fabian just walking down to, you know, wherever he's going. And you just see, like, you know, Remus, like, jumping over the banister, you know, like, grabbing onto, like, the window ledge and, like, ricocheting himself. Just to try and get there to, to, you know, to catch up with him as quickly as possible. And it's just a complete collapse of Remus Lupin. And it's, like, he's just blurting out everything about his life, everything about every problem he's having. He's... (laughs) and, and, And he's... Pru was just looking down and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, oh uh huh. Mmm, yeah. It's just basically like what, and then he's like, like, like the only thing I can say it reminded me of is like the kid from A Christmas Story when he's being pushed <laughs> down the slide by Santa and he looks up and he screams as fast as he can that he wants, you know, the Red Rider action baby yeah. rifle. And Santa's like, you're gonna poke your eye out. Like, it's just like the same. It's like he's Stomp talking on so his fast. Face. Yeah, and he has the biggest smile on his face and then he's like, um, I think you're screwed. Is basically
3: what I think, and
1: yeah. I've never seen it. You've never seen that one, no.
3: I like that I've one. The kid lot of licks the pole. It's not the one where the kid. The licks kid likes the pole. It's the it's one where the stuck.
6: <laughs> I tried that once to see if it would really happen. If it didn't. The po- pole was gross.
4: <laughs> it does. No, I had a friend actually do that. Get her done. That- it does
3: work. You, how did yes, you screw the- that up? It's the law of nature. But you're in Texas. It might just not get cold enough yeah, 87
0: <laughs> yeah. degrees. Jen's looking at Paul <laughs> outside. <laughs> your
5: <eyes>. Shut up. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Love you, Jen.
5: Nice.
0: <laughs> oh god. All right. So let's get organized here because we're like kind of like. Mm.
1: I like that they had the friendship between Snape and Lily. Like I really liked that where they were talking about how like when um. Yeah, like she comes up with the book, and then James. Well, first of all, she tells James that Snape had invented the spell. Yeah, you know, the Levicorpus, and like, he, and James is like looking at the book, and he's like seeing. Um, I think he's there's a line about like how there's like half of one conversation in the book, and he, he's like he knows half of the other conversation. In, in the other one. In her book,
0: yeah. Well, there's so many moments like that. There's like the moment when uh, James and Lily are in the bathroom and uh, Kingsley comes in. Can I just say I love what they use Kingsley for in this? I did too. There is <laughs> not was not one reference freak. to Kingsley oh, without the reference to his bald head <laughs> or the fact that, like, like how many people do you meet on a daily basis where when they walk out of the room, you go, oh, my God, his arms are like tree trunks? Like, <laughs> like, like, you think you'd be like, I know, you tell me that every time you see him and he lives down the hall. <laughs> like, it's just like, like I just I thought that was great, but it's like the same moment too, where there's that awkward moment between Lily and Kingsley because they used to date, and now she's in her bathrobe, you know, with another guy who she's obviously just slept with, and he comes walking in, and it's awkward. It's James has to realize the fact that there may be something residually there, and it's
3: like, was this story started before Order of the Phoenix came out? No, Does anyone I think, else? It, because I can tell know, all of a sudden uh, where Order of the Phoenix stuff really started coming in, like the names of characters and no, and no, order. In Prince. But then you can definitely pick up again when yeah, Half Blood Prince comes in.
1: The fic was started after Order of the Phoenix, but um, stuff that they started putting in was Half Blood Prince because I noticed at the beginning of the fic, the potions teacher they like made up a name, and then like halfway the, through the fic, it's suddenly Horace. Because like,
3: that's you would notice that, Blood. yes, <laughs> yeah, you would pick that up. <laughs> does, everyone, does everyone
0: notice The fact that it's Horace, like, I'm, I'm sorry, P.S., we just, love you very much. It's
4: not just <laughs> <laughs> so Well, you, you know
1: what i because okay. that's when Half Blood Prince came out, like, and right. so they just suddenly just started instead of going with the old made up teacher that they had used in like one chapter at the beginning of the fic, they suddenly started.
0: Who did they have before? I can't remember. Was it, it was
1: just, just a made up name, like I think it was mentioned just like once and yeah, never mentioned again. Yeah, cuz the
0: teacher wasn't a character in any sense. There was no
1: Because there was I mean, we didn't know who it was and it wasn't important.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't remember that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. But yeah, you could definitely tell in the later chapters or all of a sudden out of nowhere the um the Lily Snape relationship came into it and everything kind of, you know, Snape kind of had a resurgence resurgence at the end of the fic and um yeah, cuz now that I think of it, there were there was no was there any real Lily Snape interaction at all before these chapters no 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 no. how do you think that affects the story do you think it's something that is blaring do you think it's something that is totally reasonable like if you picked up this story and you read it years from now in one day without any reference to what came out when where why would it flow well do you think
3: well i think it would because i don't think before it was the marauders mostly what they were doing. Even there isn't all that much interaction with Snape with them. So just James learning this about Lily later, I, I don't think that, that it well, matters.
0: Yeah, the more I think well yeah too, because well no it would have been it would have been great if um the fact that Lily broke up with uh James mm-hmm. over Snape, essentially they played up the angle that she was disappointed in James, but they could have probably played up the um, the Lily angle more—the fact that it was Snape, the fact that there was you know they had some type of a past together—that th- I think could have been a lot more. Um, inter- well, actually, no. If you think of it, this book hasn't been updated in a couple of years because they really nailed the,
1: the friendship between Lily and Snape they got before it came. Yeah,
0: in. they nailed that because all we knew it's from. Bad. All we knew from Half Blood was the fact that you know the Eileen Prince angle, the book angle, obviously the spells, but they completely got the entire angle with with Snape and the fact that they used to be friends and the fact that Snape used to stick up for her. I mean, that's all right out of the Deathly Hallows.
1: I think it's not that hard to get. Like, I mean,
3: no, but they don't they don't get the friends until I mean, this is all coming from Half Blood Prince. They didn't refer to that before. They had Half Blood Prince that they were friends.
0: No, but that wasn't in Half Blood Prince either. Right. That was in Deathly yeah. Hallows.
4: Well, I mean, you could so, kind of glean that they were friends. I mean, I, the fan yeah, of the, uh, the
3: the feminine writing in the potions book always made me think that that was Lily.
4: Yeah, I oh, I just assumed it was
3: Lily. Well, you that were writing, yeah,
1: I, yeah. I, I, I assumed they were friends since Order, but then again, that's me.
3: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the that they knew each other pre-Hogwarts, but I I, I did assume. Yeah. Oh no
1: was... no 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 no. No, I did. Mean, no, no, specific to predict, but, like, I thought they were friends. Just because the way when he calls her a mudblood, like, the look on her face isn't, like, the look on your face you get if, like, a bully calls you that. It's the look on your face. If a
0: friend calls Except, you like, that. a friend. Well, no, it was. It's just, like, the only thing with those chapters was it did seem a little, um... Like they were trying to say, "Hey, look, we just got our copies of Half Blood Prince." Like, yeah, the think, fact that they even I, I threw in Eileen Prince, is it? Yeah,
1: it was like they with other the, stuff, yeah. Like they were throwing, were throwing in all this. They were throwing other in their like ideas
3: and the, mm-hmm. the exposition and the stuff. Well, they were. I loved when James decided he's going to return the book to Snape, and he's like, "You know, well, I can just picture him walking. I can do this I'm bit, And you just all it takes is one look at him. It's like, oh, I hate him. <laughs> I could just—I thought that was very real. I well, thought it was funny. Well, that's the—that's that, the great
0: example of the <laughs> foreshadowing because it's like you—you you know how the story ends, so you know that this will not work well. So you have James saying, "Well, I'll walk the book down to Snape, and I'll smooth things over so we can leave Hogwarts without any animosity, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'll be right back." And you're like, I'm Sure, I can do this. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, tortures you kid in every class or seven. You know what? This conversation ain't going to end well. Or James is going to slip and fall and break his neck on the stairs and never make it to Snape. And if only he made it. But yeah, you just, you know that stuff is not going to work well and is just not going to go well. And just moments like that, I thought were great. Now, I just thought it was really. And it was interesting too, the fact that the book was left behind, and the next day, and no one came back for it, and you know, whatever I, happened to that book,
1: like how it got on the shelf. Like when I was reading that scene, it's like, well, okay, how does it get on the like spare bookshelf if he's going to give it back to Snape?
0: And it was there for fifty years until someone walked by and something to borrow. A book. Well, that that's the thing that really um, rang false with Half Blood Prince to me. Anyone who's a college student knows they release new editions of textbooks every twenty seven minutes. <laughs> to, to, to protect royalties. the oh,
3: world, world.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you have the books Wizarding World. It out, probably. Yeah, here's a book from 50 years ago. Yeah, this one's still good. We're still using that edition. It's like, no, that would not. No, no. He would make that you go down to, to the Hogwarts it. bookstore and there'd be 500 galleons. No,
3: no, no, no. Yeah. The books are magic. They update themselves.
4: Oh, oh my God. I, I love books, books. today. Like- I spent $400 on books. Oh. Ouch. Okay.
0: Random. Random. Half.com. I- P.S. Go. No,
1: one of my as the teacher, like he's like he, he he comes in and he's like, "I'm opposed to the bookstore. You have to buy all the books on Amazon, but they're like these like really obscure like Japanese novels." And I'm like, "I'm never gonna find them."
0: Has <laughs> he I'm checked gonna, Amazon no. <laughs> to see if they carry them first?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't even looked for them yet. I probably should.
0: Well, you had podcasts, P.S. So let's get yeah. some priorities straight here.
1: I wish that the books,
6: when you sold them back, you at least even get half of what you spent. You get four
0: dollars.
1: I wish I
4: could. <laughs> I was like, I like that's it. where my I mind went. When, like, when
1: they like they take them, where they're like, we don't use this edition anymore. Sorry.
4: Uh, I hate that.
5: I hate that. It'll, it- it'll
1: oh. be so stupid. Like, it'll be a math book. I'm like, how the hell does math change? <laughs> <laughs> you need to make a new book every year.
5: Uh, like, <laughs> <it's> like, <"I'm laughs>
1: the with the new number system.
4: Or plus two is not four anymore. (laughs) It's four point three two. My favorite is this one. Oh well, Kansas State isn't offering that class next semester, so we're not buying it back this semester. But come back next semester, and it's like what? Yeah, (laughs) that's ridiculous. But see,
6: I wanted to keep most of my textbooks, so I because I use them. But I don't know. Well, I guess it's different when you're music.
4: I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kept. I kept a lot of my music textbooks, and then I changed my major. Yeah. I like
1: I like keep all my Japanese books because it's like there's good like it has like a good dictionary in it but like not all the dictionaries in all the editions like all the as you proceed through the course like they stop putting parts of the dictionary in because they think you know that already <laughs> They assume too
6: much
0: They leave out all the vowels All right here's the thing that you have to know about textbooks if you go to com and you buy your textbooks there you can get them for a fraction of the price, but you get the International Softcover Edition, which is exactly the same, and you can screw the textbook manufacturers.
4: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh,
7: but these aren't
1: textbooks. They're, like, novels. I
4: okay. have, like, oh, I have to read Tuesdays with Memori by Tuesday. I'm just not in the mood. Yeah, I'm that's like, the thing. Auntie, I'm, like, yeah, usually my anti are just them. now working. Oh,
0: God, listen, <laughs> she off to read Schindler's List. She'll be back in a few hours, everybody. I
4: oh, should <laughs>
1: I-, I should at least find out how long they are, because, and see if I can get them done by the time I have to.
4: I don't um, want to do my schoolwork. Okay, let's podcast. about <laughs> oh, uh, got
6: She was in the bathroom the first time before she's like, James, I want to have sex. Is she burning her... her? Did I misread something? Is she burning the hair off her legs with her wand?
0: When? Oh, I don't know. The fir- the, you no, know, she was using her razor, wasn't
1: she? No, the first are time. Are you talking about when they're in the bathroom together or on vacation?
6: on the when they're on vacation and they're in the bathroom it's in the same scene where she's like uh I think we should have sex and he's like Bleh. but before that isn't is she and he's like you're going to I can't remember maybe i made that up
0: there was a part where she was shaving her legs so fast he thought she, no she's washing her hands so fast he thought she was gonna scrub all the skin off
3: i mean it's just her with all the marauders. Was
0: that that was after? King I mean, why Herstein, wasn't
3: there though? other girls there? Son, I don't know. It just seemed odd to me. Like, yeah. why did her parents did just let her go be on friends? school with a poor boy? I mean, yeah, shouldn't there have been, like, a group of girls that went to or something? How come she was there by herself? I'm the only guy here, Melinda. It's really not that bad. Does <laughs> your mother my mother know? My mother, no, mother can <laughs> buy me.
2: His
6: mother is really cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm she likes me sweetie all right here we go okay so everybody we're, we're gonna we're gonna dive more deeply into these chapters we're gonna give you the type of in-depth analysis that you expect and demand from Fic weekly but <laughs> we can't just do that normally so we decided we had to take a challenge tonight we had to really you know push ourselves to offer you the best <laughs> podcast possible so here's what we did we gave lady Chi tile an LPMm
6: We're right
4: on track now. We're
0: right on track. So, Lady Chi, we're going to let you moderate this discussion just to see how it
4: goes. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be fabulous. I'm going to ask questions like, Ryan, what do you think when you've been silent for five minutes and obviously have nothing to say? (laughs) There you go. Chi,
0: welcome to my life podcasting with you. Take it (laughs) away, buddy.
4: (laughs) Okay, well, um, let's like let's start the conversation off. Let's go to the very first chapter, which is the vacation, mm-hmm. and um, our very first chapter for this discussion. And what did y'all think of McGonagall at the beach wearing her corseted bathing suit?
1: circa
3: eighteen ninety five. That was so much fun, <laughs> and then with the young stud,
1: and then Caradoc, <sighs>
4: like
3: Caradoc. Well, I was just.
7: I was what-
4: imagining this, like, David Hasselhoffian, you know, The <laughs> hairy <guy. laughs> Yeah. But, like, golden, like Ken, with no... Yeah. He <laughs> does the Baywatch
6: yeah. run in everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
10: <laughs> well, no other thing is, but <laughs> I heard that. Was
1: actually, I, I was actually... I was actually picturing her- Gellert Grindelwald. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> no. have issues, darling. I can just picture the embarrassment on her face, but I thought James and Sirius were even funnier, the way James couldn't get a normal word out, and Sirius wouldn't even raise his head off the blanket. But he's, like, asking them to tell him what's going on, and she's standing right there. Well, the thing that's great about the whole Theater
6: moment... is like, so <laughs> <laughs> but
0: The moment that's so great is when you think about it, you have Sirius who's throwing himself at this old woman during all of the story, and her response at the end is... I don't need to dagger game, dagger date. Oh my god, I can't talk. This is like the damn thing. I don't
4: need to. I Welcome can't. to my world. I had every podcast with you. Dagger, De-gra- I
0: degrade. Let's I go for degrade, dagger Like she's basically like, I don't need to stoop to the level of dating a mere schoolboy. I have a man. Like who would like? It's just like the complete reversal. <laughs> it's just
2: awful. It's so funny. It
4: is funny. and I, 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 I think just like. It's like my favorite, you know, defining character of Shoebox, I think. She's my
0: favorite character in the series. Yeah. Well, it's they like,
4: give her such a personality.
0: She's Lady Chi, old. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> it. She's Lady Chi in her 70s. Like, can I offer okay. you a cough drop, Dolores? Like, it's, it's
4: First time famous, now I'm McGonagall. Oh. Next thing I know, I'm going to be serious. You're gone... <laughs> I'm <laughs> like
0: driving down the side of a Kansas road. I just saw someone peeing on a fire hydrant. You see my car going to reverse. Jay?
4: <laughs> Have you no. noticed that everything... on an electric fence.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Woman <laughs> dies today. We can't tell you why. It's too embarrassing. They
6: mythbustered that. Really? <laughs> yeah. My dad has actually <laughs> seen it done. Oh, my gosh. Like It really will... Shock you, or yeah. maybe it won't. I can't remember well, if it if you're
4: a girl. because it's not really a direct. Stream, well, but you can't. I'd yeah, say. you
6: can't get that angle. Okay, right. Why does <laughs> everything Peter say? Why is it in caps Have y'all noticed that? It's,
0: it's so funny. He's, he's, was <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> he was, uh, he's
11: like, "Hi,
4: my name is
0: Peter." Peter <laughs> or, like
4: everything <laughs> he says. No, like, <laughs> have you seen that Family Guy
6: episode, Jen? Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was about to say. He's like Peter from Family Guy, except young and rich.
0: No, did you ever see the Peter the, the Peter episode, the Family Guy episode where Peter's boss came to dinner and he opens the door and he, he he mentions he has that disease. He's like, oh god, I hope I don't do that thing where you know I I scream really loudly and then talk really quiet. He's like, hello, sir.
7: Please come in. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> yeah.
0: that's, that's like Peter trying to direct his and know what it is, it's like you're reading these chapters and you know that Peter Pettigrew is gonna like fall off of the wagon at some point and bad things will happen as a result of that. And you and I even said this a couple of weeks ago. It's you have James and Lily pair off, and you have Remus and Sirius pair off. And then there's Peter left over. And it's like, it's so painful to watch. It's, yeah. it's seriously, it's it, like, it, I it, had to say it's it, it, it.
3: You know what's coming, but you can see how it, how it all happened. So it's
0: trying to like, you know, like do the sandwich order. And it's just basically like, who hates mustard? Like it's just <laughs> like, You can live without your cheese. I'm like, oh my God, you were such a screw up. You know what it is? It's yeah. like, it was like John McCain's, victory speech in new hampshire it was like oh god will this thing end it was so painful to watch
7: thank you new hampshire thank you my friends and god bless you as you
3: have god bless you have you have blessed me god bless you have you have you have blessed me Enjoy this.
9: You have earned it more than me. Tomorrow, we begin again.
11: Oh, my God. All right, calm down. Yeah. He's still on the stage. You're going to be. You can't. You can't. You can't boo a candidate while he's still on the stage. The ninety-one, Joe. I have to teach you everything about politics all of a sudden. Thank you, Keith. Thank right. you. Rebecca. I'll tell
7: you uh, one thing I
12: can teach. Uh, we, we were all talking about it over here. It is
0: absolutely remarkable. Don't
12: read the
7: speech. That at this moment, yes, please. If you, if this is your introduction to America in 2008, do not have your head looking straight down into a speech that
12: Howard is Howard Fineman. You said. What did it look like? Well, it looked like every advisor that he'd ever had (laughs) had given him one paragraph. One sentence. One sentence. And he read them all. That's
4: like, but he dropped them on his way to the podium. That was, I have to say, that was one of the funniest, um, IMs I ever got from Ryan. He's like, McCain is giving his victory speech. I said, oh yeah, I bet that's entertaining. He goes, no, it is the most singularly painful experience of my entire life. Was that from from (laughs) the caucus thing?
0: Yeah, it was from the New Hampshire primary. Are is our children learning? That's all I have. To say. Is, there, yeah. is our children <laughs> most learning?
4: of our imports come from other countries? That's my <laughs> favorite. Say, what about those
0: George Bush calendars? It's like you rip it off and see what he said today. I love those things. This
4: <laughs>
1: cracks me up. Oh, okay. I, I, my favorite is the like where he's like, "Terrorists are always coming up with new ways to destroy America, and so am I." <laughs> <laughs> well, that- I, like, I really like how Peter uses all capsules. <laughs>
0: I love Jen trying desperately to drag us off of George Bush. Don't y'all. And Melinda staying silent because Melinda is a big name in this fandom and she cannot get drawn into this crap. <laughs> but yeah, it's...
4: Melinda's too Hufflepunny and, and Puff, whatever. Okay, I, I couldn't
0: say degrade and you mocked me. You mocked me.
3: <laughs> Karma! no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a, it's a, bitch. a, a conversation, like I Stay away from that thread. Nope, 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 nope. God,
0: go in there. I'm not going in there. I love everyone very, very much.
6: I think one of my favorite lines is when Lily insults James, and Sirius is like, She's insulting you, James, old boy. And he's like, I don't need abdominals. I have other many other charms.
3: <laughs> I just think that's. I cute. like when. And after Caradoc walks away and and he's frowning at Lily looking at his own stomach, he's like, you don't go for that stuff, do you? And Lily is like, obviously, I don't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously.
0: I can't. That was before the the, the sex, right? That scene? Yeah. That that was before the sex. That that, that would not. Oh, God. That would be bad. (laughs)
4: awful sex, which I think we've analyzed from every point
0: we've if you're yeah, listening to this, this right now, she's I've waiting happened, for her. We got
4: onto the sex, yeah. There you
0: go. You were suspiciously quiet during that, Melinda. Anything you want to share with the question? <laughs> Mother of three, Melinda. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I want to share. See, she's not that snarky now, is she? Look at that. all right I think it's...
6: I thought it was really strange that they're they're tired and they're in this little hotel room, right? And it's supposed to be like posh, and but it's extremely tiny. And Lily's tired; they're drowsy, and yet she's in the sink. And I'm picturing this, okay? She pulls James in there, and she's like, "Look, I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet."
1: Like I kept expecting her to get her toe stuck in the faucet. That was so the Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, I that's what I meant. Like I kept that. expecting that. I kept expecting the Dick Van Dyke to happen.
6: To me, that seems like exercise. And maybe it's because I'm short.
1: But like to
0: haul, my, to haul
1: <laughs> no, my no, leg up
6: there
0: in the stink. Here's
6: the thing. <laughs> oh,
1: I already know my foot wouldn't reach the sink. <laughs>
0: pia spends every morning at the sink saying i could try it but really why bother i'm way too smart for that but no here's the thing i mean th- like the thing with that scene is that was a way of showing hey look how flexible i am i can get my foot up by the sink hint hint <laughs> wink wink Are boys,
1: nudge, do, they, do they notice stuff like that boys aren't that perceptible or- yeah i was like i had
6: to take off my shirt for them to be like oh hello yeah
3: Leg
1: up
6: around the sink. The boy is going to
0: notice. Well, here, I'm trying to think of a good way to say that. If, if, like, for (laughs) example, I'm trying to think of a good way to do this here. Okay, Jen, we're going to do a little role playing here, okay? Jen, you're Lily, okay? Okay. And I'm going to be James. Now, I want to know, this isn't going to be uncomfortable since you're, like, kind of like my half sister, half work wife. Are you going to be okay with this?
6: I'll, I should be all right, all right hopefully. All right, letting,
0: okay. So I, now I, now we're going to reenact this scene, except I'm going to have Tourette's and say exactly what I'm thinking. Okay?
6: Well, I don't have to say anything. I'm just doing leg bends, apparently. Well,
0: you it's need refreshing. to, you need to, well, well you're the head of Masterfix. so you should find a way to let our audience know what you're doing. So please, okay, so let's go.
6: Okay. Look, James, I can touch the sink with my feet. Yes. Yeah. See my leg?
0: Yeah, I was basically staring at your breasts. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> that See? is how exactly. that scene would go. That is how that scene would go. So the guy would completely miss the fact that the girl is flexible because he's like,
7: hello.
4: Well, what I love is, um, I like this part. How's that burn coming along? I am unbelievably good at charms, Lily says with dignity, as you know. So you are soothed, James says. You are not hurting. This is a step forward. At some point in your life, maybe you will stop looking like a raw steak. At some point in your life, maybe you will stop looking like a broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, wait. No, you won't.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, uh, I just but like you know, her. when I read it, though, I didn't, I didn't catch the pun, I don't think. I just thought it was meaning he was really skinny. <laughs> but now i get it and it's funny
2: <laughs> oh jen i
0: love you
6: i know my mind actually didn't go to the gutter that time i'm disappointed myself
0: well i'm like i almost crashed my car i was listening to it on my ipod today i'm in downtown salem and all i can explain i just don't
4: think that we should let you listen to chapters and drive. yeah you can't <laughs> i thought we had a warning no something. can i tell
0: you i i had to tell jen something shocking on the phone the other day i called her i'm like jen where are you i'm in the car Okay, this isn't gonna work. Okay, I need you to pull over. I can't pull over. Just tell me. Okay, what lane are you in? What? I need you in the middle lane. Why? <laughs> yeah. I don't want you in the No, I'm driving today. I'm in downtown Salem, and all I can tell you is there's a rotary coming up, and I'm in the middle lane, and traffic goes everywhere, and I'm getting to the point where um, Sirius and Remus are about to kiss, and you know Remus is trying to put on you know Peter's clothes, and they, all this stuff is happening, and he runs into Kingsley, the human wall. And he's like, "Look, you can, you can, you can, you can kill me later, but you have to let." Me go now. I'll do whatever you want. I'll polish your wand for you. And I literally almost crashed the car. <laughs> into, like, like, I had to veer to the left. I, I just.
3: Kingsley automatically assumed that they were going to do something to Snape, too. Snape. <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it like yeah, it's just like there's moments where my mind goes together. And here's the thing I know they want me to go there, but I can't prove it, so it just looks <laughs> like me.
6: No, know they that absolutely would feel.
1: Does it have the same effect when it's read by a computer?
0: It do- It actually does because it's read um, somewhat monotone, but just because there's inflections in the words themselves, it sounds like there's emotion to it. it actually, yeah, it did. And it,
1: it's—I tried that sometime, and it just didn't work. Like, first of all, it couldn't pronounce a lot of words. Yeah. like it couldn't pronounce Hermione. It was like it, like it was Hermione came out like a train wreck. It was like Hermione one.
0: No, Hermione comes out right. Um, Remus Lupin. Co- er, I won't. Well, no, like Remus um, Lupin comes out.
12: Remus Lupin.
0: Um, Gryffindor comes out. My fine daughter. So, so the guy has a random accent. Um, Slytherin.
6: <laughs> He's suddenly Scottish.
0: It's like no. Se- Severus comes out. Severus. Like it comes out like it almost has like an accent to it. It's weird. It's funny. <laughs> I'll send what? you guys, like, a clip of, like, a paragraph or something in it so you can hear
6: You'll absolutely about. have to. I have to hear
0: what you hear.
12: My name is Jen, and unlike Hermione Granger, my toe is stuck in the water faucet. Who'd have thunk it?
0: Gee, how you doing? How's that towel up working for you.
4: Um, my head doesn't hurt. The gremlin that was there sawing away, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I killed him. He's dead. I feel much better. Ding, it's so, you know, what's it said? Or witch the gremlins, good witch. witch. Yeah, I'm from Kansas. I know every line the Wizard of, of Oz. Anyway, um- <laughs>
0: the sand in every place, Melinda. You live near the beach. You want to talk about?
3: It? I love. I mean, I live at the beach, and that's just so right. That's exactly it. But Remus just doesn't get the beach. It was <laughs> yeah. I just. He has a little. Remus is here. so my father now, they're in the water, diving and leaping about idiotically like otters and yelling and risking jellyfish and poly sharks and other more dangerous things, which Remus would contemplate, except the sunshine has drained the life out of his brain and body. And then Sirius comes up and just drips on him. It's like, Sirius gets the beach. Remus does not get the beach at all. Remus gets the the
0: beach like richard nixon got the
3: beach.
0: <laughs> it's like for those of you who don't know richard nixon trot needed to show that he was an everyday guy an everyday joe and he and he you know did things like ordinary people so he went to the beach and brought the press corps with him and was photographed at the beach in his shorts and his little polo shirt the problem was he was wearing penny loafers <laughs>
6: <laughs> i own a pair of penny loafers
0: do you wear them to the beach no well th- that's why you could not- wear beach. You, oh. would, you would not have been impeached that's the difference so it, oh it okay
6: that's that's true
0: yes yeah, so well that's just the thing of, of these guys all the way through the chapters is like mm-hmm. there's it's interesting for me watching the transition of Remus in these chapters because it starts off like you can picture them they're they're like in the water playing you know volleyball or whatever, and then you see Remus over in the corner with his arms <laughs> crossed with like the water up to his neck and just standing there like, this is not a good day. And and you can just absolutely picture that. So it's when you get into later chapters and you have Remus all of a sudden, you know, just like running up and grabbing Sirius and kissing him. You're like, okay, that is called, you know, energy. That is what you were supposed to... It's
4: repressed energy. Yeah, repressed energy. He tries to control himself too much and then... When he lets loose, man, he just really lets loose. (laughs) I love the moment when
0: it's like when Remus needs to to change his clothes very quickly, he's going through his wardrobe, and it's like (laughs) cardigan, sweater, cardigan, sweater. (laughs) My entire life is very boring and, like, not comfortable in warm weather. (laughs) And, like, every sweater he has, like, Remus, like, Sirius tries to hug him, and it, like, it repels him, because you can picture, like, Remus, like, uh, Sirius breaking out into hives, because everything Remus there. <laughs> and, like, the pocket protectors and stuff. It's like, you can tell this is someone who needs to have a makeover. I don't know. But, um, and there was yeah. so, I don't know, whether you... I, I want to jump into themes for a second. What do you just think of the theme? Uh, you know, just the, the the character arc of Remus over these chapters, from at the beach with sand up orifices, he didn't even know he
3: had no <laughs> idea how he's gonna get the sand. that just doesn't belong.
0: Yeah, to the to the to the Remus that you see at the end of of of, of these chapters. You know, where the story in in, in the podcast leave it off. Like re, like, what do you think of just the transition of of Remus from A to B? Apparently, not
3: much. <laughs> I like, don't see that he's changed all all. Yeah, that. I don't I don't see that much of a change either. I'm I, uh, yeah.
1: That's I what I'm trying to fight with. I'm like I don't know what you're thing talking about. Was like he came to terms with his feelings for Sirius, but I bet if they went back to the beach he'd still not go in the water. Or
0: something. Well, that's true too. I mean, I think that the Remus at the beach, you know, just shows the 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 type of Of personality type he has, he's the introvert. He's you know the person who at parties doesn't mingle well. He's a
3: little uptight. Yeah, he he, he's
0: mildly uptight. But I think the fact that you know he and in serious teach each other a lot of things. I feel and and it's kind of like the odd couple. When you live together long enough, you're going to rub off on them, and they're going to rub off on you, and you can kind of you, you. become more like each other and you bridge the gap a little bit. I don't think that Remus would have had the capacity to run up and kiss someone without Sirius having been an influence in his life all those years. So I feel like as you go through these chapters, because life is changing, because the Marauders are changing because of James and Lily, because of uh, the Pothers' death and because of all of these events that are happening i think that you see remus becoming the type of person who will run up and kiss someone i was really surprised going through these chapters how many times it was remus that was the instigator and how remus was the enabler it it was very interesting to me and it was even a reference a few times sirius was you know excited about the fact that it was Remus who is manhandling him because it's not the way that you would have expected things at the beginning of the story. I just thought it really I think
3: it's a, a parallel a little bit with with James and Lily there because James and Sirius are very much alike and and Remus and, I mean Lily's the one who takes charge a lot with the with her and James relationship too.
7: Yeah. All right.
0: Well, it's interesting cuz then look at the at the beginning of the story you have um, Lily and you have um, Sirius who were the two that kiss on the stairs that time and you know you have James who's furious and you have Remus who's petrified and it's it's interesting because you never really think of um, when you look at personality types you always have the assumption in the fandom especially after the Prisoner of Azkaban movie that there was something with Remus and Lily and um, I think she you've written on that slightly you've you've commented on that yeah she's been involved a little bit on that but you, you don't really sense the fact that they're um, similar people. You almost think of it as kind of like they're the Remus serious couple and they're the, they're the different type of people. But it's interesting because as you get to the end of these chapters, they they have a lot of the same mannerisms and a lot of the same traits. So I just, I just thought that was an interesting way to do it too, to have them both be almost the powerhouses in their respective relationships.
4: Well, the quiet powerhouses. It's like the way my mom is in charge of my parents' relationship. It's subtle, (laughs) but it's definitely there.
6: It's it's defined. Yeah. Because my parents are the same way.
4: Yeah, my dad likes to think he's in charge. (laughs) It's cute. We like
6: to let dad (laughs) think he's in charge. Well, my mom is
3: definitely in charge, and she lets everyone know it. Melinda, Melinda, in your marriage, who's in charge? Oh, I am. You are. (laughs) Jen?
6: See, though, I don't think that I... Well, because I'm the... I'm not I'm not going to say I'm the screw up. James makes the final decisions, but I'm fine with that because I feel like I'm a much more I think I'm just much more submissive. I'm a more passive personality. And unless, unless it unless it's something I feel very passionate about and then I tell him, I don't know.
0: So you can be more of a diplomat when you need when you don't care as much about the outcome, but when you really feel strongly about something you fight for. It.
6: Right. But pretty much the things that I feel very strongly about, he does too. And so it's just a mutual.
0: It works well. But
6: if he says this isn't going to work, you know, I don't know. I think if we had kids, he would have the final say, I guess. I don't know.
4: I don't know. It's so strange I don't that think is in charge. I know.
0: Well, I'm just thinking. Is- I don't know who's in charge either. And I'm not like. Here's the thing. I'm dumb enough to say on the podcast that Danielle listens to which one of us I think is in charge. So if I said I was, you know, she would you know slash all my tires, and I wouldn't have tooth <laughs> for the next 12 months. um. Yeah, never piss off a pastry chef, folks. But um, <laughs> I don't. I think we're pretty even. I really think we're pretty even. We both have strengths <laughs> in different areas. Like I'm more yeah. of the um, like.
1: The pl- I think my parents are even too.
0: Yeah, like I'm like there's different areas where one of us would be more of the dominant person.
1: Yeah, right? and one would be the passive. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like when <laughs> yeah. it comes to checkbook balancing, I am an artist. Like, I'm not sure if everyone <laughs> here is familiar with that. Like, the, like, like, Dan, like in like like in the honest. beginning, Danielle would even send me text messages when you're done balancing your checkbook. Let me know, and I'm sitting there with my checkbook, like trying to hide it, even though she's not there. Like, oh, what, are you, what are you talking about? I'm not balancing my checkbook.
4: My <laughs> can picture financial life. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan and I are going to be having a conversation about my future financial life after the podcast. Exactly, because I'm the one calling her
0: <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning.
4: Do you know how I can take this stain out? Like,
0: like it's just like there's <laughs> things I just can't.
6: I think in some issues like money and that kind of thing, I'm one of those people that I'm just like, okay, and money really doesn't mean a lot to me, I guess, just because I know you can always go and get more of it. I I don't know. I know that's a terrible mentality to have of money, but James, so whenever he gives me like, I have allowances, which is is stupid because it's our money. I mean, I have access to the money, but it's sort of like a... Yeah. But, you know, he if we buy something big, he is the one that is like, okay, let's go get this. Or I would never – I don't know if that makes sense. Like, that's never kind just of the, the only thing I think about him. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't without him. Well, he wouldn't either, though, because I want
3: everything. I'm always like, let's get this. And, and he's the one that's like, no.
2: <laughs> <Have> <laughs> so told I go, that Any kind of property. successful
3: relationship has to have that those balances. I mean, there's something's going to be more important to – one right. or the other, and then everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. So if you can just kind of balance each other out, that's, you know, how it's you go forward thing. and stay happy. Yeah. We're very balanced.
0: Yeah. Well, then you have Ron Hermione. And that's like <laughs> that's like a bloodbath. Because, like, seriously, <laughs> picture those two when they're both upset. Like,
6: well, they're both so know. hard-headed. I mean, one of you in in any relationship, one of you's got to give in sometime. Right. On any issue, right. one of you has to give in. Yeah. And there's been a few issues that I refused to give in, and we just ignored each other for three days until he finally caved. And
0: <laughs> I love Jen. Oh, he's in charge. I'm the submissive one. Jen's like, I will not feed you. Well, no. When you the I say
6: some, when I say some, most of it, it's me. I'm always the one that's like, fine. That's just because I hate conflict. <laughs>
4: <sighs> yeah. Except I when I'm
6: really problem. passionate about something.
4: I have that problem. I don't like fighting with people. Me either. Like I don't, I don't either. Know. Know. I just. Uh, it drives me cra- It makes me, like, nauseous. It makes me physically sick. I don't like it at all. And, yeah. uh...
1: Because, like, I never... I can never win arguments or debates just because I can't do it.
4: I'm a really good... I can discuss things. Like, I, I can have well, discussions like, with Ryan, oh, yeah, but that's I, what I, I, I mean. can't... I, I don't mean, I, like... makes me mad. I think well, I obviously... infuriate Ryan because <laughs> <laughs> I am not
6: a... uh Debater.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing with me is, I don't like that. If
0: if if I start a debate with someone, they can't back out. They'll come back and see me the next day. Oh, hi, how are you? Not bad. Now, where did we leave off?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he does that. It's Uh, kind of like he does do that.
0: (laughs) Well, the thing I do with Chi is like she'll say one thing, and I like if we're talking over instant messenger, I will send her one sentence at a time. So what that does is it completely throws her off her game because before she can formulate the response, I'm moving on to other topics and I completely steamroll over her. So she has no like I'm like I'm, it's basically like you know insects you paralyze your prey and then you attack. That's me. So, well, gee, I'm so it oh, is, yeah. it is
7: <laughs> awful. I,
4: well, like, I told you the I was like. But, yeah, I was, we all like, <laughs> say sort of that said insect. You just do like a rookie. Ryan and I have never. And secondly, ew. Thirdly, <laughs> ew. That, well, that's why I was like, <laughs> ew. Where's like, ew come from? In the sense it's that like incestual. you're like, brother. yeah, exactly. It's incestual.
0: But ew, it's a little strong, strong don't
4: you smart. think? <laughs> No, no. You wasn't. Al- I mean, like, okay. Ryan, have sex with your. Uh, you don't have any siblings, okay? Um, <laughs> have sex with Jen. What's your immediate reaction? I'm <laughs> not Jen's. Better not re- be you.
0: I'm not Jen's <laughs> real brother. G. What are you saying? <laughs>
4: Nothing. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm not repulsed by you. I'm just saying that you I said you. Ew, a- ew, You're ew is the. I'm about this. When
0: you were repulsed by something, you yell, ew. You
4: <laughs> know, <laughs> I usually yell out.
0: <laughs> Gee, we're having Come trouble. On, G- 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 speak to to me. me.
4: What's not to love there? Oh, that's cute though. That is so Isn't cute. cute? I, mean, I would I would totally squeeze the cheeks on that face. That was cute.
0: Oh my yeah. god.
4: <laughs> can that be taken dirty? <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm it, sure it, it can be. Can. Oh, I thought about it carefully before it came out of my mouth.
0: I have absolutely nothing to say. Let's
4: talk about vomit mouth. The what? The what? what? Vomit, vomit Vomit mouth. mouth.
0: Oh, Oh. yeah.
6: It just seems appropriate (laughs) now.
2: (laughs) It just seems appropriate.
0: (laughs) Speaking of having sex with Ryan, let's talk about vomit. (laughs) (laughs)
6: This is why we need more boys.
4: I swear. (laughs) Oh, I can no. hold my
0: own against all of you women. I am fine. Things are fine.
4: That's why you have that panicked deer in the headlights look. Yeah. I don't.
0: I'm actually quite comfortable here. I'm actually quite comfortable. Melinda's like, okay, he's in the same state as me. I have to be nice to him. <laughs> She's on tile Tylenol PM and Jen's booking a flight. So I think we're all right. <laughs>
6: It's already booked, dude. I'm coming, whether you like it or not.
0: I love how you're, like, you, like, it sounds like
1: a th- threat. I love
0: how <laughs> you know, she's studying the subway maps for hours trying to figure out how to get to Danielle's house without realizing that the subway runs nowhere near the airport. <laughs> that was my favorite
1: part. How can the subway hey. not go to the airport? It's like, yes, seriously. Really, What's
0: with that? Uh, the sub- well, the, sub- the airport's very far away from the city.
6: I'm just oh, so obviously. excited to see that American history, what is it, then? American the Natural
1: History Museum. National
6: History, yeah, the History Museum.
1: Oh, I love the na- i love the Natural History Museum. I could I'm spend so like,
6: excited. I could
1: spend like a year in there.
6: I have I- dreamed about going there.
4: I'm so Speaking excited. Of natural History. Let's let's go back to the subtext of Ramus and Sirius exploring caves <laughs> together. <laughs> 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 nice transition.
0: Well done. Yeah. So you take it from there. I
4: never looked
6: into it like that. <laughs>
0: I I do want
6: to say this. I do want to say this. Although this is a slash big, I really don't. I like the way that the characters are written in that. It's not like it's these two guys checking out men everywhere because they're so gay. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like it's because they're gay that they fit any type of stereotype.
0: Well, it was actually interesting (laughs) because it, they didn't even acknowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even think they acknowledged the issue of them being gay until yeah. was it Fabian when Remus, you know, charged yeah. up I to, think Ra-
4: to Fabian I think and said, a- "How do you know?" That's my favorite way to. That's my favorite think- part. That is hilarious. I don't think anybody has ever come out of the closet more funny than that. know, <laughs> at the same time, like I really feel like it's just
6: the coming together of two people. And not necessarily a man and a woman or two guys.
4: Yeah. It, yeah. Well, it's it's not, like really, it's kind of like, they're not but, shoving it down your throat. But that they two could guys. be bisexual. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they're. Well, actually I'm sure serious. I'm, I'm, I'm
0: definitely sure. Sirius is, I mean, wait, that's the thing though. They except except for that one scene with Fabian, I don't even think they acknowledge the fact that they're gay or that that's any, t- it's like a Star Trek episode. It just, it doesn't matter. They don't acknowledge it in any way. It's just part of the story.
6: I think it's unique because I think a lot of fan fiction do like in the slash fics, especially they go so stereotypical with one character or both, in that they're gay. You know,
3: in, if it's a slash fic, it seems like everybody is gay, not just I just the two. Yeah. yeah, and they're very open I, and I, flamboyant, I and this,
1: and all I read is slash. So I mean,
0: yeah. What do you think of it? PS, we should ask you. <laughs> Seriously, the yeah.
1: <laughs> I I thought it was good. Like I said, like, I really, I really hate the ones where, like she said, where like everyone's gay, like it's really, where it's handled not tastefully.
0: Yeah, I thought it was yeah. It was handled very tastily. And you
2: know it was?
1: It really, big, a really good way of doing it.
0: Yeah, it's like, look with everything that happened in the fandom when Joe announced that Dumbledore was gay. I mean, my response to it was, okay, <laughs> he's like the leader of the world and he, you know, defeated. Well, in Jen's mind, he's an ass, but whatever. But, you know, yeah. like, he did all these amazing things and he happened to be gay too. It doesn't make a difference. It's not a factor. And I thought that was a really positive way to handle it. So when you look at the fact that they, that, that the authors have really put, you know, Fabian Pruitt up on a pedestal to have... Oh, yeah, he also happens to be gay, too, as an afterthought. I thought... Was- I really
1: like that. Like, I think that was one of my favorite... Like, um, I think um, it was Fabian, right? Yeah. Or Gideon. I can't remember which is which. Um, in Caradoc. Like, I think that was almost my favorite part of it, just because it was just there, but it wasn't really a huge issue. Like, when... Like, I really liked the part when, like, Remus was watching them. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it wasn't really... That creepy or anything? It was just <laughs> <He's> watching. <laughs> <laughs> he got the
0: binoculars from the, behind the shelves. Yeah,
1: just like like his thought process, like what was running through his head and all that. Like I and I just liked the two of them. Like I liked it a lot. Like I was really surprised how much I liked it.
0: Without Horace in it, it was difficult for you, wasn't it?
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's just not the same without Horace and Leonide. I have to say. <laughs>
0: You're like blushing profusely. You're like, is it I coming am? over the microphone?
1: I
4: don't know what to say. <laughs> I wanna, okay, well, let's, talk,
6: let's keep going. We've talked about the cave. We've talked about McGonagall in a bathing suit. Well, we
0: actually mentioned the cave. We really didn't get any further into that. Well, do you no, think,
1: uh, well how do you, about what they see when they go in the cave?
0: Yeah, well, do you think about the way that they factor in the, the, the fact that the Voldemort War is happening. Because they've never mentioned... Riddle or Voldemort, to my knowledge. I mean, they've never got. Yeah. So, this is just, we're seeing this from the eyes of essentially high school students who are learning this for the first time. And, you know, you, we talk about how these are the chapters to take the established characters and, and shift them around because they're entering the real world. I mean, you have Fabian Pruitt built up, built up, built up. And now, all of a sudden, you know, there's a giant hole in his stomach. Like a Weasley, he's mocking the fact that there's a giant hole in his body. Mm -hmm. And you have McGonagall trying to sew him up. And even after that, he can barely stand and he's lost weight. And I mean, that I thought was just a tremendously powerful scene because it's like they're literally watching their hero die. And Mm -hmm. you see McGonagall, who was the same woman that was just joking a few chapters ago about, you know, essentially guidance counseling and, you know, Sirius throwing himself at her. And she's, you know, Professor McGonagall, who can you know stare into the blackness of Peter's soul? But now she's you know an older woman who's like white as a ghost, trying to save you know her former student's life, and it just it shifts everything into adult mode really quickly. Yeah. And one of the, the great things about these chapters, I thought, was that you have, I mean, the most boring part of the chapters, from my perspective, to read was was the James Lily relationship. Now, I thought that the whole sex thing was hilarious. I really enjoyed. the um, the bathroom scene because that's my life. I mean, I thought that was, you know, it's not like an, like for me, it's like reading about my own life. So that to me is, is, Oh, look, you know, these people get me, but it's, it's not, it's not interesting to read something that's so close to home, at least, you know, my perspective. But what I liked was that there was, there's, there's like a, there's three layers happening here. There's, uh, you know, essentially James and Sirius who are, you know, breaking, I'm sorry, there's uh, Remus and Sirius who are essentially breaking new ground. They're discovering themselves. They're discovering each other. They're discovering the world. They're the ones who had this experience with the Death Eaters. And then you have Lily's journey with James, both the death of his parents and their relationship. And then the third layer is Peter. And what's interesting about Peter is there's absolutely nothing happening.
4: He's that, kind of stagnant. He doesn't move throughout the story.
0: Yeah, he, he can't be a waiter at IHOP. I mean, like, that's where we are with Peter, you know. So it's pretty clear where he's going with his story. But d- was I the only one that picked up on that? that? That James and Lily, despite seeing different things, they were just on different levels throughout this? I mean, what did you guys think of the two th- those two groups?
3: No, I, I disagreed when you said... That, that that was your least favorite part the, i liked the james and lily relationship the best out of the story actually i oh, wish really? there had been more of it i didn't yeah. think we saw
0: enough of them yeah you know, what was it that really you enjoy cuz you read a lot of fanfic and you write a lot of, like what was it that- i
3: don't know i liked the interaction of them all of a sudden i i never was really that into marauder fics but but i liked this one very much and it just all of a sudden james and lily intrigued me a whole lot more than they did before and, and just, I was just like, oh, maybe I'll read another James and Lily story. I, I liked it. I'm a big fan of James. I've always been. I think he gets a bad rap.
1: James <laughs> is one of those characters where I, I, I can't say I like him in general, but I can say I like him on a fic-by-fic fic basis, right. and I like James in this fic. It's
0: like probation.
1: Do you yeah. not
3: like him because he teased Snape in school? Yeah. Because I think that's where it all comes. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm well out of high school, and I wouldn't like for my only legacy to be the person that I was in high school, because I just don't think that's me anymore. So I think... I think he gets a bad rep and I not think it's unfair. Well, the thing, with yeah, the- I think he made a pretty big sacrifice for his family. I think people forget. Yeah. He, he, that he was definitely a- made up for the, 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 things he did in high school. I think. Well, especially
4: now that we have Deathly Hallows, and we know that he didn't have a wand and you know, he stood yeah. in front of Voldemort and he was going to take him on with his bare hands. Yeah. You know, like that to me says something you can make fun of Severus Snape all you want. <laughs> like that says something about your character.
0: Yeah, and we'll know, you know it is too. It's the, the thing that about James and Lily that you have to understand too. And I'll take this from the from a different perspective: is that James and Lily are eternally twenty one years old. You know, when 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 you die, you're you're frozen in time at the age that you were in, and you don't take into account the fact that people change. So when you when if you're Snape, and I'm not excusing Snape because I, I I'm and I am pro James, but for sake of argument, when when you look at what happened there. You have James who was cruel to Snape, cruel to Snape, cruel to Snape, cruel to Snape. And then he did die, and he did die heroically, but he never got the chance to to demonstrate over the course of his life that he was not that person. So it's like from the perspective, if you knew someone who really, you know, was a bully in high school, and they graduated high school, and then they, you know, went off to college, and they got their life together, and they got married, they have kids, and, you know, he's a stockbroker, whatever he. Coaches Little League. He's a great guy. It would be ridiculous ridiculous of you to look back and blame him for what he did when he was thirteen. But, if- but
3: see, I don't. I think Snape is the only one that still sees him that way. It seems to me that the other canon characters they all remember him, you know, as the Order member, the fighter for the Order that died died for his family. I don't think he kept that reputation for anybody. But
0: Snape. No, I agree with that. Out. No, I and agree I- with that. I mean, in fairness, though, Snape was probably the only one who was the subject of yeah. Well, the Snape
1: was the one it affected most. I mean,
0: like like Peter and well, not Peter, but you know, Sirius and Remus. They were his friends. They saw the good side. I guess what I'm saying is, if I knew someone who was a bully to me when I was in high school, and he was a bully to me freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, then senior year, and then I never saw that person again. Maybe the person died. Maybe I just never saw them again. I would always remember them by the impact they had on my life and i'm what i think is i think that snape is while a person who did many heroic things i think he was a very weak person in the way he let the world affect him so i think oh, yeah. he should have had you know the gravitas to say you know what even though he was a jerk to me he did great things and and snape is not able to look beyond himself. But I do think that the fact that James died shortly after he graduated Hogwarts, you know, two, three years, he didn't have the real... Like, if James had lived and became a successful or and became Minister of Magic and saved the world and had a lot of the experiences Harry had, you'd have a much easier time, I think, making that argument. The fact that he was a bully in school and then died shortly thereafter, I think it's harder. But that's just I, my
4: take. Well, yeah, probably. But I think that Snape also led a lot of other... At- Outside vectors, he, he he was he was too much of a product of his environment. I really think he just he. I people say that he was strong, but I, I really think Snape is a weak character in that he
0: a weak man, not a weak character.
4: Yeah, a weak yeah. man. Yeah, not a weak character because there's nothing wrong with his. I mean, he's a beautifully crafted character, but he's a weak man. I yeah. think people miss that a lot. They don't. I think they to call Snape a hero. What? It's kind of stretching we're talking wait we're talking about the same
6: snape character the one who like
3: wonder torments little children yeah
6: By well okay well besides that um, but i think i don't think he's weak
0: as a person oh, I, think he's
6: weak. I think he's a tragedy but I don't yeah. think he's a they, weak character.
0: I well, no, I think like weak character implies You're not a weak character. No, like, like a, he's like a like fascinating character. He's a fascinating character. I mean, well, no,
6: no, no. I mean, like as a person, like I don't even see him as a weak person.
0: Well, no, I. Say, you, no, I don't you, either. You, I, I would definitely make the argument. I mean, here and we don't want to get this into you know Snape cast because I think we all have this discussion many times. But <laughs> real, real simply, you know, when you look at Snape, did he do many? When I say heroic things, he did very brave things that put him at great personal risk that he didn't have to do. And right. he saw him. He did everything for Lily. He didn't do it for Lily's son, even though that's what Lily would have wanted. He did everything for Lily. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. the fact that if 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 it had been
3: Harry, you know, I don't think he did it for Lily. I think he did it for himself. In guilt over Lily, if he was doing it for Lily, he would have helped her son because that's what Lily would have wanted. He did this for himself to get to get over the guilt he felt for what happened to Lily. Well, that, I think that's what I mean. I
0: mean, he like it's essentially that he owed Lily one. He felt like he had he he needed to make up for what he had done to Lily. He needed to justify that. But then in, in in doing one for Lily, he didn't take into account the fact what would Lily have truly wanted you know what I mean? I saw what, it, it was more of a, like like you just said, it was more of, you know, his guilt over what he had done and it was his desire to, to make up for that and to do right by her, but he only kind of did it half-assed. He, like, if he had sat down and said what would she have truly wanted, I think he would have handled the situation quite differently. But Jen, I mean, I guess what we're saying is that based on that, based on the fact that he became, like, let me ask you this. If he had never called Lily the Mudblood, Lily had not died. Snape right. never would have left Voldemort.
1: If he'd never called her a mudblood, he'd never have joined. Yeah. Have.
6: Right. Why would he have jo- like well, I mean I don't but think
1: I think if he never I called think her her blood, him okay, well, I think they I would
4: have really gotten to him eventually. I think they would have gotten to him too.
0: I really do too. I think that I guess my point of saying this and obviously we don't want to make this a safe cast, but actually what the hell is making this a safe cast? Why are we put, Why are we putting restrictions on <laughs> this podcast? You know, oh, Richard,
3: so Richard, mad that he missed himself.
0: this. Oh, he really Richard, will be. Ha <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what, it's, when when you look at it, Snape, I think, it's like we're seeing in this fic. A lot of people, when they look back, they tend to remember the good times. It's like life isn't what you expect it to be. You look back and like, you see your parents. in the
1: previous thing where Remus is, like, thinking about how you don't remember everything. Was that yeah. a bit like, I'm not going to remember when Sirius thought he could fart R or- Whatever. yeah it's, it's <laughs> when you
0: when you look back there's certain things you don't remember. okay let's look back at snape people you know at the end of uh, of filthy hallows you have snape and you know harry you know named he gets snape's name cleared and he gets his portrait put back up in the headmaster's office and he names the son after snape and says you were named after the two greatest headmasters you know bravest one of the bravest men i ever knew okay so so the canon you know on the surface snape is a hero But when you look back at what he did, he like, this isn't the story of a man whose love died and he decided to take up her torch and protect her. He didn't do it for Harry. He didn't care about Harry. I don't even think he cared about, you know, the side of light winning. I don't think he cared. Like, I don't think he sat down and rationally saw, you know, this is this is right and that is wrong. He didn't. Leave the Death Eaters because he went there and saw the atrocities that were being committed, and decided he needed a better path. He left because of what happened to Lily, and everything was personal to him. It, it was, it was, you could argue selfish reasons.
4: Bigger, yeah, didn't have to see the bigger picture at all.
0: Yeah, I think if if it had served his purposes, he would have saved the Voldemort. I don't. Th- his, oh yeah. I mean that. that is, I, I mean, and so but does, it,
1: does it matter why he did it, or and and not that he did it.
0: Well, when you call like I called him heroic tonight, I mean, wh- wh- people say the simplicity. Yeah, it ar- does
3: make a difference if you're talking about what kind of man he is. It does make a difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, Sna- I mean, you could argue the fact that you know he did many bra- he did many brave things, many things that you could argue maybe would be heroic. He, you know, he was a very um, you know strong-willed person. But why did he do it? He didn't do it for the right reasons, and that has to matter, because I think the people who did do things for the right reasons deserve that credit that, that shouldn't yeah. be handed out arbitrarily. I think um, so.
6: I, I can agree with that.
0: Oh my god! I, I brought Jenna around. Richard right now is listening to this episode like <laughs>
4: he's punching <dying>. his <laughs> iPod.
0: <I sank. laughs>
7: Damn he's you! Got mean,
4: burning. burning out his ears. <laughs> he's going to send us a voicemail, the longest voicemail in history. This is
0: Richard. <laughs> if you edit this, I'll kill you.
6: well i was trying to come up with an argument of well i definitely think that snape would turn good even if it hadn't been for lily but
0: how'd that work out
6: obviously in canon there is no proof of that like obviously that's just my want from the snape that i read in fan fiction which is not canon snape which as much as it hates me to admit to that it's true and I, and I can't
4: find fault with, with the truth. I can't, I mean, I can understand wanting him to be, I understand the fascination with him and I understand wanting him to be a certain kind of man. So I understand the fandom's, you know, general lean in that direction. But I think, sometimes I think that if you think that way, you kind of miss some really deep stuff, you know? I, I think that, you know, you, you don't appreciate the series fully if you don't. Yeah think of Snape, you know, as a, as a tragedy. That's what he is. He's a tragedy of genetics, obviously, and environment, and the think,
3: Death Eater gone, accidentally, right? As a tragedy, because <laughs> I think, it doesn't mean you have to to like him or think he's not a weak character, because I can see how everything about him is tragic, but it doesn't make me like him any better. Well, You
0: know what I think of tragedy, I think of tragedy as, or a tragic character to me is someone who, based on the, uh, on the choices that they made, they came into a position where they had to accept the consequences of those choices and there was no way out for them. And they you know, even though they may have wished they had done things differently, even though they had deep regrets, they were forced to live with the consequences of their action and learn from them and and, and be, you know become whatever you will become as a result of them. When you look at Snape though, Snape had choice. He always had choice. And he ch- he, the choices he made were incorrect, and yes, Lily did die, but he had a choice of what to do from that point forward. And mm-hmm. you could argue he still continued up until the end to make the selfish choice.
6: Well, I mean, compare Snape to, to even a literary character like Macbeth. I mean, he was a bad guy. He was a guy who did something wrong, and yet he's still considered a hero because, well, he, a because he had... <laughs> What?
0: Because, he's because he character. happens to
6: be a well, no. character. No, because he had free will. Because he made the right choice at the end. But that doesn't mean in the, in the same it way... Doesn't it doesn't negate everything that he did. It, right. It's just, in his mentality, yeah, he was a liar oh, yeah. Um, his entire life. But so was Snape. But that doesn't mean that what Snape didn't do was good. It doesn't mean that
0: he's not honorable. Well, it's not. But the difference, though, is that, that Snape never did it for the right reason. Snape, even He didn't
4: make a noble choice in the end. He He made a a silver choice in the end.
0: Every choice he made was personally motivated. He was the focal point of every choice he made up until that final moment. And when you even look at, you know, the character Peter Pettigrew, let's assume this is everything from Shoebox to the canon, you know, is all universally canon. You know, Peter Pettigrew, you know, even though he was a person that, you know, had a very awkward childhood, a very awkward, you know, adolescence, he was still a person who made terrible choices and even till the end never redeemed himself for that choice. I mean you've read fanfic out there where at the last minute Pethergrew says, I can't do this anymore, and he takes the Avada Kedavra for Harry, or he does, you know, in James's name, does something, you know, to try and make up for that terrible mistake he made. I mean, I just don't think that you see any redemption for, for both Snape or for uh peter Pettigrew. so that's just and you know i think about that a lot because as i read through shoebox i think to myself where are these characters going to end up if we consider this canon you know james you know is is going to be the first to go
3: this whole cast of this story they're all going to die yeah they're all going to die and it's like
0: i'm just cognizant of that because it's like i know where they're going to end up and it's you see the choices they're making now will they regret them and will they not and on some level it gives you hope because when you look at James, you have a character who's living life for the fullest. I mean, his parents are killed by Death Eaters, and he's still living. He's still out there with Lily in the bathroom, debating who gets to use the sink and who has to spit in the toilet. I mean, that he's living his life, and there's, there's something to be said for that.
4: Point being that Snape, uh, J- James is a little bit more of a heroic character than Snape. We all agreed. Oh, I think we can agree on oh, yeah. that. One, yeah, <laughs> I, okay. I agree.
3: Yeah, he wasn't a saint, but but who is?
4: And well, he yeah, nobody except saints me. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, I think we I need to the- give Jen what she's been wanting for. I'm going to jump right ahead, Jen. I'm cutting through your chronological mm-hmm. listing here. Okay. Let's talk about the kiss.
3: Oh. <gasps> Wait. Kiss? No, I thought Jen wanted to talk about the
6: Funeral? Yeah, I'm all about the funeral. So, like, I don't so, all <laughs> right,
0: let's back up here. Let's talk about the funeral. Yay!
6: The funeral. Yay. Now, you <laughs> can't. You can't say yay <laughs> on these. <laughs> I know. Chapters. I was like, I said that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, um... that didn't
3: come out right,
0: Jen. <laughs> <The> funeral. <laughs> yay, Mike's like, I can edit this to make her look like such a jerk. Let's
4: move this <laughs> over. <laughs> well, no, I Mike, think Mike loves me. He would make me look like a jerk. Okay.
6: <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I oh. think. In someone who's had some who, who's lost someone I think that these are very typical. I think it's good to read these because I think it helps put into words sort of the, the non feelings that you can't quite put your finger on that you're feeling. I think one of the first one of the first things that really shot that I really liked is even it's not even at the funeral hasn't even started. It's right when James figures out what's going on. He doesn't say anything she wants to make fun of him because she thinks they've been caught by the teacher,
2: right.
6: and and I liked that she just goes up to him, and and I love this sentence: "She will always remember that he doesn't cry." Like I think that's that says a lot. Sounds Harry, there, doesn't it? Exactly. It is so very much like Harry, and and yet at the same time, it's so much worse because he doesn't cry.
3: Yeah, isn't it? I and mean, sniff, sniffles waste. The, the the way I can judge a good thick is if it makes me cry for the second time when I read it, and it still did. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. Like a but you
6: know, song. like it. Well, I think about that, and you think about when when the really horrible things happen to you. I mean, at at first I thought, oh well, he, you know, he's in shock or. He, it hasn't sunk in yet, but I honestly think his character is such where he he it's so much worse for him, and he won't cry.
0: Well, it was so sudden. I mean that the the thing when you think of grief, like I like I lost my father, and the thing about that for me was that it, we knew it was happening. It was it was a very gradual process, so there was no shock of it. Versus, you know. Being told your parents were just killed by an unforgivable curse. You know, Harry watching Sirius go through the veil. I mean, all of the other, you know, deaths in Harry's life, he's pretty much seen. I mean, it's something that Cedric Diggory has been right in front of him. And, 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 and that's the type of th- the difference. When something's happening gradually, you, like, don't respond to it because you're, you're not accepting this is truly happening. And, and 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 you're able to, you know, kind of get through it without realizing it's happening, and then you crash later. When someone knocks on your door, pulls you into the hallway, and says your parents have just been killed, I mean, there's no, I mean, that's hitting a brick wall doing 100 miles an hour. I mean, that's that's right there. And when you look at even the character of James, up until this point, he wants to be a superhero who never leaves school. And now he's about to <laughs> leave school, and the entire outside world he knows is no longer there.
6: Well, I think it's really interesting to see the contrast on how the boys take it. Like, you, I think what was so disconcerting was that we never get to see a scene where James breaks down. Like, Sirius obviously isn't handling this well. Like, he found out and he goes and he just has got to cry. And and James and what it really, I I thought it was just so dead on for their characters because Lily was so strong. I just felt like they were so. I strong
3: in this whole thing. But it was like oh. growing up is supposed to be a painful process and this was like one intense chapter, one thing that you saw yeah. all of them literally grow up through and it was it, it yeah. was done really well but definitely very painfully.
0: I like the little moments you saw about Lily too. It's when, when he comes back into the room and shuts the door and kind of leans against the door for support. You know, it's just about, be- you know, Lily um, Evans, who's the smartest girl in her class, she's that version of Hermione. But the things she's Always been had you know drilled into her by McGonagall and all of the major forces in her life. Never ask a question that you know the answer to. Don't ask him, "Are you all right?" Because you know he's not. It's like mm-hmm. at that moment I was thinking of Hermione because the characters are they're, they're kind of similar, even though they're in different generations. But you can see how this is not a carbon copy character. This is someone who is very different, and this is someone who sees the world. Uh, very differently. And one thing I just wanted to comment on that Jen just said, the one thing that really moved me about Sirius breaking down crying is the guilt he felt for doing it. Because he, you know, his his friend's parents have just died, and he's essentially the best friend, and he needs to be there for James. He needs to give James he needs to be angry about this. He needs to be angry so James will will, will be angry, and so James can find a, a, you know, a method of working through that. But these were like his own parents.
3: So it's it's like, like what Harry would be like if it, if Ron lost Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. Yeah. It would be a very similar situation. It's like
0: I remember when my grandmother died, we were in the limousine and I looked um, and my cousin was in a car with his family and um, he was maybe uh, he was probably in his forties at the time, and, and and he had very young kids, and the very young kids were very close to my grandmother. So they're in the back seat, and we just left the funeral, and they're bawling in the back seat. And he's in, he, and I look back, and he's in the, in the driver's seat of his car, ready to follow us, and he's crying. But you could tell that he didn't want his kids to see him crying because when you see your dad crying, you know you lose it because that's yeah a huge thing yeah. for you. So it's like you have it was just so moving because it's like serious. Felt like he lost his parents, but. He feels guilty for expressing that because these aren't my parents, these were his parents, so like it's like almost like you're taking his grief, he deserves to be upset i shouldn't be I need to yeah. be the, the rock and the pillar, and that's so and it's so real and it's so natural i mean that's the yeah. it, it it just it just makes so much sense when you see that
4: yeah and it's very much a man thing too i think like so much of the story is kind of about gender roles, you know yeah. and needing to be James is very much needing to be. The man, but he's not really sure who he needs to be the man for.
0: Yeah. Well, Lily really tells him how to do it. It's when he's up in his room and all the guests are downstairs. She comes up and says, look, you need to go downstairs because you need to think about them. They're wondering where you are, even though you're the one who probably everyone would understand if you broke down. You need to be there for them. He's like, well, if I don't know how to do it, you leave that to me.
3: Yeah, she was, I love in this. And I liked I, I, the I point, like when he lost his trousers and he was looking and he his instinct, he almost called for his mom mm-hmm. to find um, the trousers the so she, and, and we- then just kind of sunk down like she's gone. This is me. It was such a symbolic way to show that he's left childhood behind now. he's He's got to do I I really enjoyed the whole, I mean, it was well, awful. I, my
6: favorite, my, I think my favorite line was where he, he has that moment, like they're about to get up, they're about to leave. And he has that moment of, uncertainty and he asks her what if i'm not strong enough or what if i can't do it or or something and she replies with then i well i'll handle the rest like i I liked that so much because it's so true for any like if you can be open to your special person about how you're really feeling and they understand what you're going through like it that should be enough but I think I think the problem that people have with dealing with problems is that they don't know how to share
0: yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you just said that because like we've all read dozens and dozens of fanfictions and we, and we've, and me, I think everyone here but me writes them. It's you know you read you read through like the same themes over and over again. You read through the Ron is an ass until he you know gets put in his place by Ginny stories. You get put in the you know Harry decides he's going to defeat Voldemort by himself until his friends convince him they love him story. I mean, you, you read the same thing over and over and over and over again looking for different angles on it. I mean, think of the, the entire theme of of, you know, Hogwarts era, Canon era, fan fiction or, or Canon itself is that Harry is stronger with his friends than without. And you have a very small group. You almost have like a Trinity. You have Harry at the top and you have Ron and Hermione at the bottom. And each of them brings out different parts in Harry. And each of them brings out different parts of each other. So they work as a very strong, cohesive group, but that's always the challenge to convince the person at the top that the other two people are there for him because you really don't see Harry open to that suggestion at all, and he's to the point where you just want to slap him because he's so close minded to it just because of the way he grew up that he just he didn't have that perspective so when you go back and you read the Marauder era fic, you have a much larger group there's five people in the group, each of them plays some type of role, you know, even Peter, and w- w- when you look at that you know, to have, you know, at the, you know, you would expect if this were Harry and he just saw two people close to him die, Harry would be grief stricken for the next 50 chapters. Yeah. And he'd be inconsolable. <laughs> so the fact that Peter, two chapters later, you know, is in a room and Lily's peeing and he's in the room, and he's like, life is wonderful. I mean, that's not something you would expect from Harry. So to see them say, we need each other. And, I, and I, I can't remember what character said it, but you know what? We could go through this and lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we can get each other. I think it was uh, Lily to, to Remus. We could get each other through. We, we can lie to ourselves and say, we'll get through this and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? We know in the end, we're going to come back to, to each other and need each other and not be able to do this without each other. So let's not lie to ourselves and let's just start right now. Right. Like yeah. That, like how refreshing is that? <laughs> like, That's like, so
6: refreshing. Like we know
0: it's going to – it's like the TV shows where you know the bad guy is going to – Can they give himself up? You just you just want to see it happen because it just takes so long to get there. It's so refreshing to see it in chapter five or chapter eighty five. It's just
6: well, what I liked so much about these chapters was that it showed that when something bad happens, and it's some even if it's not something bad to you, if it's something of a friend, if it's something of family, which I think in a sense all these friends, this group is family. When something they everyone is affected and i like that they have lily confess to remus that she doesn't know what to do and she is just trying her best and she's hoping that it's enough and she's you know she needs someone to talk to you about her feelings Mm -hmm. and remus recognizes that sirius doesn't have anybody and he makes like i like the comparison he makes that well james has lily lily's taking care of james Somebody has to take care of Sirius and I'm going to be that person like he's mature enough to see that there is more people broken up about this than just James, which is sad because I feel like it takes away some of the angst that James has alone. But also it's a good thing because I think when something bad happens, it's always hard to recognize who is going to be hurt and who actually needs the help also, like I think there's shared hurt sometimes.
0: Yeah, and the other thing too is when you have um, that talk with with uh, Remus and with Lily, you have Lily essentially, you know, you you sense there's like an awkward pause or a pregnant pause, and Lily says, you know, I wonder when it's going to be one of us, when it's going to be a you know a student or a younger person who is killed, and you can. It's, it's like it's going to be them.
3: I know. And you know it's going to be
0: them, but you know what? It's like if you're ta- if you're say you're standing with a close friend of yours. And all of a sudden you say something like, oh, global warming, huh? And all of a sudden they start rattling off facts about, you know, climate change and, you know, what's going to happen to, to <laughs> the penguin. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, this person is obsessed with this. Like this person has given this a great deal of thought before I got here. And it's like you get the sense that Remus is standing there and Remus never thought that. Remus, Remus's mind never went there. So when all of a sudden you have, you know, Lily, who is, you know, the girl who kissed you on the stairs, someone who you have a lot in common with. Um, you know, just all of a sudden say, "I'm so scared that, he, like, I don't know what to do, Remus. I don't know, like, I'm worried about what's going to happen, and you know, when is it going to be a student there? And I'm worried all the time, and blah, 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 blah." And you have Remus going there, like, "Oh, um, I never thought of that." Um, so, like, you you can just tell it was an area that he had not gone to, he which is-, is
6: weird because he's the most mature one. Like, all of them are having to grow up like really quick, I and don't, I'm don't, I, sorry, like that Remus
3: the- too, to be the one to notice that James. Pants were too short. James' trousers were too short. I know. Short. Yeah. Yeah. I know. He's grown just, a lot. <laughs> typically, <We're
7: like> <laughs>
6: Remus. <laughs>
0: He's the kid who, like, licks his thumb and walks over and gets the food off the corner of your mouth without you even noticing it. He's the mom of the group. But, no, I disagree with th- that, Jane, because I think, like, well, it's an honest opinion. I mean, I, I I said it last week. I don't think that Remus is the most mature person in the group. Because, like, like for example, like, look at everything. Well,
6: in certain ways. Yeah. Socially. Agree that yeah, he's not
0: like Remus is like like for example, look at Remus when he goes to McGonagall. Like, you know, is this a good career field for me? Ask Professor McGonagall. Like, Remus is is like the Hermione. he's like
1: responsible, but he like he's like Hermione. Like, he's responsible, but he but can't he's really emotionally stun. Yeah, he's he, not mature.
0: Yeah, he works well right. in the system. He knows. Okay, Dad does this, Mom does this, I do this. I will do it very well. But blah, blah, blah. but life is hard and life yeah. is, you know, all of a sudden, you know, your, your parents were killed all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, out on your own and you have your own apartment and you have no money and you have to learn to deal. I mean, life is adapting and life is knowing when rules don't work anymore. I think the thing with Remus is that he's had, you know, the werewolf problem, I'll call it. When you look at his life, he has two loving parents. They didn't have a lot of money, but he's had two loving parents and he's been relatively happy and he's had his own area. He's very responsible, but responsible doesn't always equal maturity.
6: Well, no, but I disagree with that because I think what Remus has is what I consider maturity is the ability to think logically, the ability to step back from a situation and see all, all the things that could happen and potential consequences for those actions and choosing wisely or trying to choose the best that he can. I think that is... A sense of maturity, which I think that Remus has, opposed to like Sirius, who's rash and abrupt about all his decisions.
0: But the thing is, it's not, you know what? It's book smart versus street smarts. Remus is incredibly logical and he's very, he has a lot of book smart. But the ability to know what works and what doesn't in the real world and what's happening, Remus, like I said, works really well in the system. If he wants to judge a good career, he asks Professor McGonagall because you, you're supposed to ask your teacher. Whereas I think someone like Sirius would say, I know that's not for me. I, I don't care what McGonagall says. That is not for me. So I think that when you when you look at you know real world experience, like for example, when uh, Sirius gets the money, and, you know, Remus's first reaction, well, how much money is there? Because it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's conversation. Like there's things that, you know, you don't say to a person when they're in the, It's So that's my, I think Remus needs to understand the world more. And I think that once, you know, you know, the, the dark day comes when, when Lily and James are killed, I think that's the moments where, Remi- where Remus will get it. And that's the transitionary day. And that's the epic in his life. That's the day where everything's going to happen.
6: What did y'all think of the scene where Sirius comes to James and they're, they're downstairs now and Sirius says, I'm leaving in 15 minutes if you want to. And James is like, well, no, I can't. And Sirius is like, well, I'm going to stay. But he, like, it's such an emotional scene. Like it just didn't dawn on me before. And as soon as we have the spotlight on, on Sirius a bit, the depth of. How much he's affected really sinks in. I would not say that any one of them is the
4: most mature. No, I would they say all have are...
3: different moments of maturity. Most well, after this, I think after the deaths of James' parents, he takes the, the lead, though.
4: Oh well, he's always been the leader. If you're like, if you're defining maturity as somebody who leads, then James is definitely the most mature. But I think you know they function very well as a group, and they all understand their roles. You have the you can make the argument that Sirius had to leave home. I mean, he's mature in that way. James lost his parents, so he's on his own, and he's mature in that way. Remus, he's a werewolf, so he's mature in that way. I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't say that any one of them is but any then, more mature than like, The
1: thing with Remus um, not being, like, totally mature is that he missed the big picture, like, where he never thought that it could right. be a big one picture. day. Like, Remus can well, be, like, they're mature anyone. about, like, the little things, mm-hmm. like, school things, but then when it's, like...
4: When It's real life situations, like he's Lily, not so
1: like he, like he honestly never thought about that before. Like R- Lily totally threw him for a loop there. But
3: that that's more just innocence than than a lack of maturity, yeah, maturity I think. Though, yeah.
4: well, or not anticipating, yeah, I would say innocence versus maturity. Good point, Melinda.
1: i Because there's know, also it's, kind of an interest. Well, there's then there's kind of a difference between like not thinking it because you're innocent, and then being like not thinking of. Not thinking of it because you're more like serious and you think you're a superhero who can't die, you know.
3: Yeah, that's that's normal teenage boy though too. That just thinking you're you can't. I mean, think of well, like yeah, the way boys you drive and that. You that what that's what I mean.
1: There's like kind of a there's kind of a difference. It's not so much innocence. One. No, it's I, just I
3: the, the superhero, the, the, the indestructible mentality. I mean, yeah, I mean, just even, like, refocus this because
0: this is, you know, the this is the entire fic itself, and this is the way, obviously, it's not a proper ending, but it's the way that, you know, we're left off. I mean, just take it to Remus and Sirius for a second. When you look at how far they've come throughout the story, I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning. It's it's the odd couple, and it's, I'll, I'll probably disagree a little bit with Jen, I think that maturity and responsibility are are different things. And I think when you look at you know the you know the guy who's peeing on fire hydrants versus who's, you know you know reading every he he he's a gas that you know his homework was not completed seven days in advance because you know like God forbid like gee you know he has a run on sentence. It's his last essay in school. Like no senior slide apparently for Remus Lupin. But um,
1: <laughs>
0: it's like you know what I mean. It's like come on. I think you're gonna pass, man. Like I think everything's gonna be fine. Don't worry about. it. <laughs> <laughs> but when when you look It's not at like
1: that, he even has to get into college.
0: Exactly. It's like <laughs> Yeah. Will you, will you be- Just chill. Well not He already took his newts, presumably. So really why what what is the point of the grade of this? But when you look at how far the characters have come, you know, throughout these chapters, I mean like I love like I love the comment like I love the masturbation line at the end where where Remus is like, um uh And his reaction is basically to say, like, if he ever, you know, had the had James's habits in that department, he would like move to another country and bury his head in the sand. I mean it's like it's like there 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 is a Remus way to deal with the world. And what I really appreciated about the the Sirius and Remus romance as it came out is just the way it came out. It's it's kissing. And it's the fact that you know, I love the part where Sirius is going on in those days. Like, you know, go to class, spill something on Remus, go to the bathroom with him, make out in the bathroom. Go to the next class. Something gets built. Yeah, I love him. that. And it's like you know they've been through three bathrooms in the day, and he's eating. I love the moment where they're in the Great Hall and he's eating. Uh, he eats some of Remus's food, and he's like, "That's disgusting." I have a cold, and Sirius is like, "I'm going to catch it anyway." And Peter's like, "Why?" He's like, "Germs, Peter. Germs. <laughs> <Everything>. <laughs> Look at his nose. There's a lot of germs." It. And it's like, it's just, it's. I love the. I just really enjoyed. You know, the interaction between them. And I, and I love the connection, too, when they have sex at the end. And it's like the mirror image of of yeah. of of, um, of Lily and James having it. I mean, and I, I just want to clarify earlier. When I said that, that Lily and James, you know, that was not my favorite part of these chapters, it was written very well. And there were parts of it that were deeply emotional. But I think for me, that was a lot of um, fluffy territory, like parts of it that we've seen many times before. But I really thought that it was the interaction between Remus and between Sirius. Whether it's Remus, you know, charging down to the Bruid brother to ask his opinion of the closet, to, you know, try and coordinate you know, they're making out against the fat lady. And it's like for a moment I realized you were not the only one in the universe. I tried to convince Sirius I was unsuccessful.
3: Like, there was one line back with that with, with James and Lily that I thought was the best when, when um when James went to Sirius the next day that that he was all upset. Mm-hmm. And he said something like it was the most awful thing that he kept doing of his own free will. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, like, I got such a kick about that that, 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 that that was.
3: There were so many moments
0: during those chapters, too. It's like, I even, like, I love, like, the moment where like no like what was even the line too it, it was when it shifted to James's perspective and he's trying to figure out where Sirius and Remus have been all these weeks
2: <laughs> <laughs> <What> <laughs> happened to like, the he's James? just
6: now thinking about it
0: it's like has anyone noticed we haven't seen them since March <laughs> Like, like <laughs> does anyone know? Where it's just I, it's just it's so creepy because it's like you had like could you imagine like Harry having an affair with Susan Bones and Hermione and Ron being like Harry do we remember that because it, it's such a larger group so there's that dynamic that you can have and I, I I don't know. It's just there's there's just so much of it that just it was so well. I like
3: how it showed too, there during that time uh, Peter's bitterness evolving. You know, because yeah. he was one always that left out, so and it's like you knew where it was going, and it was just like you know, cringeworthy. You wanted to shake somebody's like, go, you know. Go talk to Peter. Go, you know, something. Take something. Peter the Chuck E. Cheese. So much yeah. to be avoided. Come on.
0: 10% effort. 10% effort. But no, it's like, well, it's even like, well, there was some, I'm, I'm struggling to keep it all together in my mind. There was a moment with Peter when he was all by himself. And he thinks to himself, like, it's like when he's alone.
1: He, I think that was at the beach.
0: It was at the beach. When he's alone, He he, ha- he feels very vulnerable because because they're not there he, he goes because when
1: he's them. alone he remembers how much better not being alone is
0: yeah and when he's with them he feels great and, we, and think about that for a second when he's with them he's obviously not a cohesive part of the group he's obviously mocked quite frequently he's obviously a fifth wheel to a great extent but that's when he feels his best. So you can tell that it's like it's it's like someone who doesn't have a lot. So the best of what they have may not mean much, but it's the best they have. So you can really see that if Peter gets a better offer, quote unquote, he's yeah, gonna
6: be he's gonna, he's mm-hmm. gonna
0: get easier pluck out of there because the, there's nothing for him. And you know what? Like we say, oh, they should treat them better. or they should say, oh, you know, it's all the Marauders' fault. But when you think about it, look at look at Peter, look at, you know, look at, look at real life. How many times have you had friends who like, and that's the, I think the fallacy in life is that, you know, in, 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 in the books show a very ideal version where the friends that you have on your first day of Hogwarts are your friends 25 years later. Sometimes that happens a lot of time. It doesn't because some friendships, aren't going to last and they're not meant to last. Sometimes you'll have a great friend in high school who you're just not going to keep in touch with when you go to college Mm -hmm. or you're going to have a friend that is a great friend to you until you reach a certain point. Maybe when you get, when you get married that that person just isn't capable that you just have nothing in common with them anymore. So that's natural. And it's even the moment where they're all getting ready to graduate and they're getting ready to turn over, you know, the Marauders map and everything to the next generation of Marauders. And, you know, there's that finality of it that things won't be quite the same again they've li- and that's the one thing that you, you don't um, really think of when you think of Hogwarts, like when you go off to school, like she, you know, is doing this. When you go off, you go off to uh, freshman year, you're in a dorm with the girl right. from Japan who hasn't washed her sheets all year, who you never speak to. And she just walks around with a can of rage and she's kind of weird. Okay. That's freshman year. Okay. Sophomore <laughs> year, you make it your goal in Finally life. Finally
6: moved into an apartment yeah. away from said. <laughs> exactly. No, isn't that,
0: that, isn't that how it happens? You get the freak from hell. Yeah. The freshman. Year,
6: and
4: I did. All, then you meet all the, your uh, friends. Come on. I got me. the fundamentalist. You got the fun- yeah, it's like yeah, you
0: No, know, and that actually an ex girlfriend of mine got the girl from Japan who didn't change her sheets all year. She like <laughs> like my ex girlfriend actually like snuck up on her in bed one night and sprayed her with a can of Lysol because she couldn't take it anymore. And the and the girl turned out to I think she turned out to be a porn star. It was the weirdest story <laughs> you've ever You know, she got what? she got picked up one night and oh god I hope this is an N C seventeen podcast. She got picked up one night. And she like she's like, like I think she wore the same pair of pajamas. I think she had like one pair of underwear with her she brought from Japan.
7: No. Like very, huh. very
0: uncomfortable small dorm room. And she one night dressed up in like like a very short miniskirt, a leather jacket, and boots like up to her thighs, and said, If if you need me, I'll be at the library got picked up in a limousine full of men and didn't come back for three days. So, I mean, there's, there's a great, like, so freshman year, (laughs) you get the roommate from hell and you spend the second part of your freshman year, avoiding that roommate. Sophomore year you room with all of the friends that you had freshman year that you spent time with trying to avoid your crazy roommate. Junior year, you get an apartment with some of these people In senior year, you just basically have no idea what's going on because you're checking out because you're about to graduate college and you're having a panic attack.
1: I I was just thinking, like, if I still had a roommate, like, what she would think of me sitting here podcasting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's talking to people, but I don't hear their voices. I don't think they're really
1: there. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably what she'd think. (laughs) because I think she thought I was such a nutcase.
0: Were you writing horror slughorn smut <laughs> at the time? Because I have to tell you, within our group, you're completely normal, but outsiders look down on... Well, not Melinda. The, the, like Melinda's in line at CVS, and the woman in front of her is talking about her, not knowing it's her. But, I mean, like,
6: yeah, <laughs> I think that is so funny. That,
3: that was is the cool. greatest that thing. so cool.
6: <laughs> I would have been like, well, hi, I'm Melinda
3: Leo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just stood there like a deer caught in the headlines.
0: <laughs> look, can I just tell you, the day I was Talking to Melinda, and she told me something funny that Leo had said that day. I'm like, Leo, Leo's her husband. Her name's Melinda. Her's-
7: <laughs> I get it
0: now. Like that. Are was you my-
1: serious? Really? Yeah, it, it took me a while to get it too. Uh, like- how would that? Well, she. It was the first time she called her I husband didn't know by his that. Name. Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought you were saying you dumbass. It took you that long Absolutely. to figure it out. No, <laughs> I,
6: mean, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm the dumbass. I didn't know that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it took me a while to get it to, I thought, I like thought Leo was her last name or something.
6: I just thought it was a cold twist on Melinda. I was like, or I want to add.
1: Like, I thought it was just her pen name that she was just like. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Well, close out here. Is there anything that we haven't, like there's a ton we probably haven't talked about, but is there anything that you definitely don't want to let go before like that you have to talk about?
3: I this? can't let go of okay. the characters. I love this. I the one there was I I loved this fic. This I I think the whole scene with the funeral there I think is one of my favorite in all the fanfic that I've read. I really really liked it. But the one thing that did bug me is the there's too much Muggle stuff in the Wizarding world. Yeah, did did like like they went through a whole thing with Marianne and Ginger. It's like wizards don't even watch TV. How do they all know who Marion and Ginger are?
1: That, that I gotta say that that bugged me throughout the fic. And
3: well, yeah, and but Ahab I think you- Ahab and, and Moby Dick. I think they would have a story of their own. It's, you know the 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 sea monster. So, I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't know those classics are. Yeah, it's like Mr. Darcy and uh, whatever the hell her name is.
1: I can't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the thing? with me, like part of the fun is making stuff up. Well, but but
6: you have to understand when they first wrote this fic, like I've read their live journal or whatever, and like one of the things that they wanted to do was insert more muggle things into the magical world in the seventies, and and that's why I think it's. In there. Like, it was, it's done on purpose. It's not be like done it. because they're.
1: I guess, I mean, it doesn't make it any better. Yeah,
0: it still, still bugs like me. Kind of <laughs> like plaid, no offense,
1: Pia. Well, I
6: think, I think it was, <laughs> what? I almost think it's detrimental to a fig like this because they're trying, I think they were doing it to overly emphasize the generation yeah. the, that yeah. they're in. And there's not a lot that we have for magical 70s to. Yeah associate with that and i think they they might have gone overboard a bit but sure. I, I see it justified um,
1: maybe it's just like like the reaction that i usually get when i see that it's like it's because the author is like putting in stuff that they like and, right you know what i mean and like just trying to show i mean i don't really know how to put it just like having the characters like something that they like so maybe like that's just how it usually is. And even though this is kinda different, I still don't like it.
0: Well is But even
3: an there's even a lot of stuff that's not just seventies, like the names of, of music and books and, and like Lily took the Hippocratic oath. Somehow that there would be a wizarding version of that, that it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same. Mm-hmm. That's you no, know it was. I got
0: even the sense too that Lily was trained. This is even my fault. When I read that, I was probably I probably wasn't reading into it enough. I got the sense that she was training in both the Muggle world and the wizarding world, which obviously wouldn't happen. So I I, I think when I saw a Hippocratic oath, my mind just kind of went there.
1: Maybe she chose to take the Hippocratic Oath because she was muggle-born and she wanted to have something that was, like, meaningful to her.
0: Maybe. I mean, that's that's the thing, too. Whenever I think of Lily, I always think of muggle-world. I always see that as, like, her firm... Not, like, Harry who immerses himself in the wizarding world because he has nothing in the muggle-world. I mean, Lily, for... I think,
1: I mean, if if you're normal muggle-born, like, I mean, well, Harry's not even muggle-born, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, like, Like, Lily
0: has a crazy sister, but other than that, I mean... Like,
1: you really can't leave it like for lily and hermione and other people well, who well
0: no even within canon i mean you have lily whose parents were pleased that she was a witch they were obviously very open to it you have the crazy sister but i mean you have a home you have you know, a mm-hmm. place i mean you have that resource to go but to like,
1: think about it in your life i mean like what would happen if like you had to like leave like not just your like home and your family but like your the whole world like
0: mm, you bring some of it with you yeah well that's the way you just dis- you distinguish yourself in the group if you enter if you're a muggle born and you enter a group then you know everyone else has all the in jokes and everyone else knows everything that's happening and you're new so you it's like being a foreign exchange student you have no idea what in the world is going on but you bring your own culture with you is that's the way that you
3: I think that's a lot has a lot to do with why they're eleven when they come. They're still young enough, yeah. really. That that, they, and then they spend ten months in the Wizarding World themselves. I bet you it doesn't take long for them to feel more like outcasts when they go back into their own world.
0: Yeah, I think they probably bring. I mean, I know people like me. Like uh, you, tend to whatever environment you're in, you tend to bring in a little bit of of your home environment. I think the the issue I would agree, what I would agree with you with is, you know, Sirius is a black. He he's he's not a muggle. He's not a muggle-born. He's from the Wizarding World, so any interaction he has with the Wizarding World is firmly by choice. Now, I could actually kind of see it based on the fact that he would probably want to be as different from his family as possible, so he would immerse himself in the muggle world just to piss off his parents. So. Yeah, well,
1: even in canon, he had pictures from muggle magazines on his wall. That's true, so. too. That's true. Mm.
0: Well, it's just like, I still don't like it, but I will accept it because there's no burden. There.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with it to keep things <laughs> moving on, but I'm not real happy, it. <laughs> that's
0: fine. That's fine. That's totally cool.
6: Being our last episode covering shoebox, does anybody want to wind up last thoughts about?
0: It's like so much, like when we decided to cover this fic, I remember I'm originally asking Jen, how many episodes do you think it would take? And originally, I think we were going to do like two or three and then yeah. and end up uh, turning it to five. But when when, when you look at the story itself, it's not, um, there are, it, it's small moments. I mean, it, it's difficult for us to cover a fic because like when you looked at like a fic, like after the end or, um, yeah, after the end, let's say when you look at the fic, like after the end, there's so much plot and there's so much development and everything is moving so quickly that it's, it's easy to, to, to comment on this plot versus that plot versus the story went here versus the story went there. When you get into slower moving stories like You're Like None Other or like Shoebox that are more emotionally driven and less event driven, it's interesting because you don't want to sit there and repeat to yourself, oh I love this, I love this, I love this but you have to because there's just so many great moments in it. You can not really move a great deal in plot but you can just have so many you know great insights into a particular character. I think looking back on the whole thing, I think that Shoebox convinced me that the Marauders' era can be an amazing time that does not have to be a carbon copy of of the trio It does not have to you know be a totally bore you don't have to have gary oldman pretending to be a 15 year old kid you can show these characters differently you can create a time that everything that you've seen later has more impact because of what happened there i mean i think i think the fic is just amazing i think it is hilarious i think i nearly crashed my car six times during the course of these podcasts i, I just think it's an amazing story and, I, and just even what we were talking about tonight, the Remus and Sirius relationship, I think, was is was my first slash uh, pairing I've ever read, and it was done so well because the fact that it was a slash pairing didn't mean a thing. It was these two characters and why they needed each other and what they brought to the table with each other, and it it was very, it, it didn't feel forced. It felt very great and, and it felt very real. And I was just I was very impressed, uh, start to finish. With this fact. especially, um, I know it's not finished, but especially what you saw done with Peter Pettigrew, I thought he was handled extremely well.
1: I really am glad you think that because I'll just say it's kind of it's hard for me to like look at all the fan fiction I've read and try to pick a favorite because I'm so hard to please and my taste is so narrow. But I think this might be my favorite. Really? I mean, it's so so uncertain. I mean, yeah. because. But then again, I say, like, if this isn't what is. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, because there's really so little that I actually like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the, but, y- you know when you write your own, it's not a like creative exercise. You actually just need to put some fix out there that are in your category. That's, like, <laughs> that's, <true>.
1: very, <laughs> that's actually that's very, this. very true. Um, I actually, when I sat down to write my main WIP, it's because I wanted to write something that I would actually like to read. But, um, right. yeah, I guess... Um, Kind of just echoing what Ryan said. I mean, Ryan was talking about how this is his first past fic, his first slash fic. I mean, slash in the past. That's basically me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my
0: so-called life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unless somebody can find me a better fic, this is my favorite fic of all time. Wow. It's, it's yeah. So,
0: it's <laughs> so it's 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 just like. It-
1: there's just, like, parts, like, whenever I think about a part of it, like, I just want to go read it again. So I guess that's a good thing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, – There's never so heard many layers, it's before. hard to talk about. Yeah. that's.
0: I think that's the problem I'm having. I think that we originally thought this would be a story when we, that we would cover and we'd, we'd laugh for a few weeks and then just move past it. But there's so much that we're all sitting here, like, where do we even start? And it's like you don't want to just have the conversation. Well, I love this part. Well, I love this part. Well, I love this part. Well, it's 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 what you want to talk about because it's
1: just, yeah. Because I mean,
3: it, it's that's just kind of, of I, yeah. I kind of like that it's that way because it's almost like I mean the shoebox project. It's like pulling things out of the shoebox. Oh, look! Remember this? I like this. Oh, look at this! I like. It's, yeah. That's exactly how we started talking so, about it.
1: That is so like it's kind of it's. So different from covering, like, another fic, like, after the end, I'll just use Ryan's example and assume that I'm right, where it's like you go through it and you be like, this is what happened and it's like you're, like, summarizing a baseball game on the 11 o'clock news, yeah. you
0: know? <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of the stories I read, like, if you look at, like, like a Lord of the Rings story, or, like, in my case, like, a Babylon 5 story, or like, like if someone asked me to describe the plotline to Babylon 5 in one sentence, I really couldn't do it because there's so much and it's so complicated. But, like, if you were to look at it after the end, Jen and Melinda will agree, you know, there's there's 57 different plot lines intertwined. It's very difficult to, to describe the story, I mean the shoebox project is—it's a marauder story that includes Sirius's near killing of Snape, you know, before Lupin. It involves the death of James's parents. I mean, like, they're, like, what are the main plot? Like, there's not a lot that happens in the story, but a lot does.
1: It's one thing to be able to, like, go through and, like, go through the chapters that you are going to cover. And think, well, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. Because, like, they are the, they are the big plot points. Yeah. But with this, it's like, it's basically just picking out the moments that you liked the best. And then when you get off recording, I'm sure every week... Everyone hmm. had several moments that they wish they had remembered to talk about. Yeah, and you know? we take notes. Uh,
0: I mean, it's like there's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like like we're like we're very organized. I mean, Lady chi tonight worked herself into such a frenzy she collapsed on your keyboard. <laughs> like we from, we, ho- we wish you well, chi We hope you'll have, you'll have We hope band. you're okay. We hope you're alive. Basically, we're still podcasting. We're like we'll check on her later. She well, I
6: think life. what I liked most about this fake is. When I originally stumbled across it I can't even tell you how I did it. I don't even I don't even know how I figured out how to find this fic. But when I stumbled across it and started reading, I was just so blown away. It was just so different from and I'm not just saying a couple of fics that I'd read. I'd read five years worth of fics, mm. you know, and, and and it gets repetitious. Mm. And this was something so different and so original and so I think it was just so witty. And I I I love reading that kind of humor and that mm-hmm. they could capture it so well.
3: Was, they had some great lines in this whole thing.
6: I mean, they're brilliant.
0: Well, it was written like an episode of the, of Gilmore Girls or West Wing. It's that fast-paced dialogue that you're like, did they just say what I think they – by the time you're thinking that, they move.
3: <laughs> and some, moved on. Yeah, and
0: someone asked me earlier, I think I've actually enjoyed the story more when I've had my computer read it to me because sometimes when I read, I slow the pace down. When like yeah. and, So picture a computer that reads it and they, th- all the words sound right so you can tell what it's saying. It's reading it at a steady pace all the way through.
6: So. Well, I think that's a good point. Like of all the fakes that I would want to do audio dramas of, this would be one right. that would be so fun to do with different characters. Because it really feels like, like I can't exactly picture visualizing it like a movie, but hearing it with different character with different actors. Hmm. The, so the dialogue
1: So be, much of the good prose, like I think part of the strength of this, you'd thing- have to keep a narrator. Well, um, yeah, well, but I think,
6: true. I think some of the humor comes by how you read certain lines. Yeah. And I remember reading a line and thinking it was funny and going back and reading it again. And it was even funnier because I understood there it better. Are
1: parts that I have actually read out loud to myself just because I like them so much.
6: Yeah.
0: Who's picturing Jen reading and laughing and then reading again and laughing at her own joke?
6: <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I do that.
0: <laughs> so you're but- so, so you're saying this would be a good fic for perhaps a a master fic theater? Production, Shoebox. Yeah,
6: well, yeah, I really do. You know, after the end, we started doing that, and I thought, wow, this is because it's so character driven. Mm -hmm. The problem with it, it's so character driven, there's not as much dialogue. This fake is almost completely dialogue.
0: Well, you know what? You've convinced me. Let's air one at the end of the episode tonight. What do you think?
6: Sure. All right, done. Well, maybe we should.
0: Moving on. Done.
6: (laughs) He's like magic.
0: No, he's like in the last episode, you told everyone it was your favorite for <laughs> the ever
6: and, it hadn't been aired. and she's like
0: go back and um fine it's one of the last episodes we'll put it we'll have you know what we'll do we'll have ryan put it in the show notes i'm calling jen you never released the damn i thing. know and, and i
6: was, was like, like oh yeah <laughs> well it just shows how busy my state of mind has been <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right, did you ever do um the seventh horcrux one I no the i've got that. i have sure. the
6: scripts no we have the scripts we actually have a cat a, a cast list I just haven't had time. Like I've been begging someone to, to get it, it together and schedule all the actors and record so that we can get it. I would love master to get going, but I have got to have some help. Okay. I was doing it all by myself and if can't he, do if it. If you
0: would like to, well, I've had these meltdowns myself and everyone's always helped me after. So if you would like to help Jen with the master fake, please email Janet dot com. Jen, I just have one question. Can I play the boat? <laughs> <laughs>
7: Sure. Why am I
0: on my back? I'm so confused. Aruga. Aruga. I'll do (laughs) it. Melinda drives by a pier and has to pull her car over because she's having post-traumatic stress from the Aruga. (laughs) (laughs)
6: <laughs>
0: Jen's like, I'm so embarrassed
6: <laughs> uh, No, I think I'm finally crashing right. 10.45, it's my bedtime
0: All right, We are going to be getting out of here So we just want to say um, We hope you've enjoyed the Shoebox Project For God knows what reason some people Listen to the podcast without reading the mm-hmm. fic If you think we've been halfway entertaining <laughs> You obviously have a very low threshold For entertainment, but we do recommend You read the Shoebox Project
6: anyway. <laughs> and- Go read it and hey, we stayed I on epic a lot tonight, I think. We did, well, except for the hour.
0: <laughs> except for the hour on <laughs> uh, well, Snape, Drither well, Evil. Well,
1: it's <laughs> on topics. topics We stayed there. <laughs> she,
0: she tries to kill herself by taking a child on PM. The hey, moment. at
1: least we didn't take a geography quiz. That
0: was unfortunate. I do
1: apologize <laughs> for the It's in the middle, quiz. right?
0: <laughs> All right. So we will be back. Uh, PowerFix Weekly will be back with our season finale episode. Which will be the best moments of Puffwa year one. This is actually going to be our best episode. It's going to be all the best moments in like one. I can't wait. So <laughs> we will be back with our season finale episode. And uh, we will be then jump-starting Parler Weekly season two. If you think this was us at our best, you have no idea how worse it's going to get. <laughs> but uh, we will be starting with, uh, someone help me with the author, Naked Quidditch Match by...
1: Anya. Anya. How do you spell that? A N Y I A.
0: Okay. This is, this is like, thank you, Headmaster. This is like a <laughs> news. Alex. So we will be doing one episode on Naked Quidditch Match. I repeat, Jen, me, Naked Quidditch Match. This is an episode you don't want to miss. She will be there, too. We hope she won't be on drugs.
1: I'm feeling pretty groovy. Yep.
0: And Meg will be back. i
1: excited. Meg. Naked Quidditch Match. Oh yeah! And then we- i read it yesterday. I really
6: enjoyed it. Isn't it funny? <laughs> it's
7: hysterical. I
0: love it when McGonagall's like Minnie. <laughs>
6: yeah. yeah, but we'll. But if you want more, you'll have to listen to our next episode.
0: Absolutely. So we'll be b- back for that. We're going to be covering Harry Potter and the Nightmare of Futures Past. Did I say that right? Was it?
6: Yes. Try to pronounce the author's name.
0: Ultra, uh, at,
6: uh, he has it's, two
0: names it's depending on what website he goes i think he he published under one name then published everywhere else under a different name and i grabbed the random name that he i every- couldn't
1: do that like i i don't even know how people can do that like i feel like
0: you have to be the plaid
1: i chose this handle five years ago and oh has a has a handle
0: she's a handle i love that
6: well I, I chose my name when when the internet was first made and my dad gave me a name and it just stuck and I never changed it
0: Gen Mart one
6: Gen Mart zero one <laughs> that's when it like AOL and we were like dial up and like get a pay per minute. Yeah, well, well, I fa- remember was, that. My
0: favorite thing was when Jen on our forums stole Icy's little hearts. Acy's little hearts <laughs> are underneath,
1: and, <laughs>
0: and I'm trying to send her a PM. Yeah,
1: I did that. I had to do that too. I couldn't and it's like figure Jen, out Jen is do not
0: that. a recognized user, so I had to go find the hearts and like cut and paste them. And I'm like,
1: Dan, I didn't even money. like because like then it's like I was trying to figure out like how am I going to send her this PM? And then I re- remembered, oh, is she Jen Marto one?
0: Oh god, so, yeah, it's like, I'm like, I'm like, Jen, you're not gonna be getting a lot of PMs today for people. I hope you don't think your fans have left you.
1: But then again, I I mean, I stupidly didn't like go- find one for posts and click on the little icon. I was just like sitting there like an idiot in the like new PM window trying to figure out what I'm to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought they were cute. I didn't realize
6: that the drama they would start. I changed yeah. it back though. PS is
0: staring at their keyboard trying to find the heart button. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I seriously
6: was. <laughs> well, that's what I did when I first saw it. I was like, where's the heart key? So Jen like,
0: sends me a PM.
1: How did you do it? Is this one of those like less than three or greater than or whatever the hell it is? So, that,
0: well, it's like... Oh. Jack Sends me a message. How do I get those for myself? I'm like, steal hers. Stealing
6: <laughs> <It's the only laughs> what you're going to do. No, so I did. <laughs> and it backfired. It
0: backfired tremendously. All right. So we'll be back, everybody. With that, have a great night.
1: Night. 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 night.
7: Just be glad the fourth track was broke that day because you grabbed a guitar and I heard you say that the top of the pops better get ready for the new hit single from Louise that goes from
9: Mel I love you. Masterfic Theatre was made possible by contributions from members of the Potterfic Weekly Forum. Visit it at PotterficForum.com Music <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Masterfic Theatre. Tonight, Masterfic Theatre brings to life selected portions of the epic comedic fanfiction, The Shoebox Project. In the following scenes, four boys well-known to us all receive some version of the dreaded talk. We begin with one serious black. (laughs) On reflection, we probably should have left the house, or at least the living room, but I wasn't really thinking that far ahead, with James and his family visiting an aunt, work not starting until eight, and me only being half-dressed when Sophie, wearing my favourite yellow sundress, knocked on the door. But still, I might have at least considered the possibility that something might happen, but I didn't, and now it's too late. Um,
13: Uh, Excuse me. I'm terribly sorry. I should have knocked.
5: Uh, No, no. Excuse us, Monsieur Potter. We did not mean to disturb you.
13: No, uh, no. Not disturbed a bit. Uh, Sophie, not at all. Perfectly natural. Everyone's got their pants on. (laughs) I I, I just came home a little early. Uh, I'm going to go put my hat away. Oh, God.
9: Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. God.
5: (laughs) you're like a little boy it's only a kiss
9: or a few kisses he's james's dad i'm living in their house
5: and you are 21 years old he is an adult cherry. you both are
9: right right adult yes all of us uh, so here uh, that's 21 in french right <laughs> you
5: are so funny. Well, I must be off. Au revoir.
13: I just spoke with Mrs. Pardo, and we thought we thought it would be a good idea to talk about certain um to talk about in light of your relationship with Sophie, and it being our pleasure but our duty also to have you under our roof, our roof. And so we thought that it would be best to talk about certain to talk. Do you see, when you come to a certain age, there are certain desires that certainly come to the forefront, I'm certain, of any young man's mind.
7: Oh,
9: certainly.
13: So I bought some... some literature.
9: Pamphlets? I will never be able to look this man in the eye again. What was
13: that serious?
9: Um, uh, nothing, sir.
13: Well, how does this one sound? It's perfectly natural.
9: Oh, what? Um, uh, sir... What's perfectly natural?
13: Well... Uh, well, it is.
9: It? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, oh, my God. There is no escape. All is black. Sir, are you... Um, y- y- oh, God.
13: Yes, yes, indeed, Serious, my boy. We just thought you should know that while it is, of course, a beautiful and natural part of the human experience, and, of course, uh, a wonderful expression of love between two consenting adults or <laughs> nearly adults. Now, of course, certain precautions that need to be uh, taken, things that need to be taken into account. Uh, uh,
9: yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, precautions are already taken and uh, so on. Uh, Sophie and I are very, very precautious. Uh, Not that uh, that they need to be taken, uh, because uh, not necessary. Uh, And it's all in the pamphlets. Righto!
13: You're like a son to me, serious lad. Uh,
9: Thanks, Mr. Potter. Uh, Really, thanks.
13: Let's keep it out of the house next time, shall we?
9: (laughs) Oh, don't forget. uh, The pamphlets. I want to die. Oh, my God. They're illustrated... I'm crawling under my bed now to await death. She cornered me on the way to the shower with a look that said, "'Don't think you're safe, James Potter.' I made a break for it, knowing that if I timed it right, I could leave out the bathroom window to my death and disfigurement just in time to avoid the inevitable." Unluckily, the inevitable had just finished washing the floors and managed to tackle me as I slipped on a wet spot and fell headfirst into my own lamentable fate.
5: How are you then, son?
9: You're sitting on me. I think you've perforated a lung. I
5: have pamphlets for you. They suggest speaking to your children about sexual intercourse. Oh, uh, God. Uh, before they reach the age of 18, and so here I am.
9: I have to break away from the scene for a moment to say that I know now that I will never, ever have sex. Some day in the near future, once I wear Lily down for the second time and find myself locked with her in a passionate embrace, her lips sweet and her hair against my hands, I will remember... Suddenly, and without warning, the lone image of my mother, peering down at me from behind thick-rimmed spectacles, her grey hair, wild from humidity and chores, saying, sexual intercourse triumphantly, and that will be the end of that. All right, I have to go back to the scene. Sexual
5: intercourse is one of the most beautiful things that two people can share, assuming that of course those two people are both willing and enthusiastic, and both are fully aware of the risks and consequences that sexual intercourse brings with it. Of course, magical medicine has made great inroads into prevention and relief for many afflicted with sexually transmitted diseases,
9: and wakes.
5: But pregnancy lasts forever, and the emotional consequences of an unplanned or unwilling sexual encounter can be
9: lifelong. Did you get this out of a book? Why are you doing this? Did you catch Sirius out with Sophie? Now I have to suffer.
5: You need to be informed. Now, of course, I'm sure you're very curious about all these new feelings you're having, and I want you to know that you needn't be ashamed of any of them, and I want you to ask me some of those burning questions. Your parents can be a fountain of knowledge about sex in all of its many forms. Uh, Mum? Yes, dear? Don't be afraid to ask the tough questions. I
9: have to go take a shower. Forever.
5: You are a little ripe. New glands, of course. Puberty! What a beautiful thing!
9: I can never speak to you again. I'm going to move to Siberia and become a nun. Thank you, ma'am, for shaping my life this way.
5: Dear, I understand you're a little hesitant, but please understand that we, your father and I, know from personal experience that sex can and should be one of the world's most beautiful things, and you should never be ashamed of yourself sexually or... Holy
9: God in heaven! I proceeded to hurl myself into the bathroom, slamming the door. For a few moments, I just sat on the toilet, trying not to weep like a child. Prongs? Pads? Is your dad out there? I'm never going to have sex. Life no longer has any meaning, neither do breasts. I'm becoming a nun. Do you want to help me research nunneries? I
12: am going to become a castrato and sing at the opera. Why, Prongs? Why, why, why?
9: It's your fault, you and your French poodle.
12: I am full of misery. The end is nigh.
9: I blame you. You and your uncontrolled urges.
12: My pamphlets are illustrated.
9: My mum is a madwoman. Your
12: dad tried to tell me about the fox of life.
9: My mum used the phrase sexual intercourse.
12: He said the word certainly at least ten times in one sentence.
9: She spoke about her and my dad and, you know. Oh, God. You win.
13: I, Remus Lupin, realized halfway through dinner that no one had spoken to me since we sat down to eat. Glancing up, I realized that my parents were staring at me, as if they were in the middle of a Sahara. My mom and dad, two circling vultures, and me, a helpless gazelle, on his last leg... I tried not to choke on my food, forcing it down my constricting throat. Um, uh, good peas?
8: We have to talk. What did I do? I didn't do anything. No, 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 of course not. You didn't do anything at all. Is one of you dying?
10: (laughs) Of course not, darling. We just, well, we noticed that you've borrowed my book.
13: Your book? What book? Oh god, do they know. They couldn't know. Maybe literary dreams are some kind of lupin' family thing, and when they start, you're just about to be initiated into the lupin' family secret. Uh, I just...
8: I wanted to look up some, uh, dreams. We know. We just wanted you to know that these dreams can happen to everyone. What? They do?
10: Of course they do, sweetheart. You see, when you reach a certain age, your body starts to have certain urges.
13: No, no urges. There are no urges.
10: Of course there are, and they're perfectly normal. It's hormones, you know, a function of the body, nothing to worry about.
13: No urges. No urges.
10: There's no need to deny it. We understand that you must be feeling confused, and alone, and possibly intimidated. It is, after all, a new phenomenon. You must be asking questions like, What's happening to me, and am I the only one? But you aren't alone, dear.
8: I went through it myself. No it is.
10: Now, Remus, we thought that, since you enjoy reading so much, a few books on the subject would prove very useful.
13: Am I still speaking English? It sounds like English to me. Why aren't you listening? No urges. No urges!
10: Well, uh, that man at the bookstore suggested this cartoon version for young men. Do you want me to take a look?
8: Not if it's about urges! I get it. No urges, right? We'll just leave these in the living room, just in case. I stared down at my peas...
13: From now on, I suppose I won't be able to eat peas. I'll forever associate them with the sick, desperate nausea, my mother's helpful expression, and my father's demented, lewd wink of conspiratorial understanding.
2: Ugh.
10: Remember, dear, we're always here if you need us.
2: Ugh.
8: My Peter Pettigrew knew I was in trouble when I heard my mother shrieking from the living room. What I don't know is what I'm in trouble for. It might be anything, except I haven't done anything, but that doesn't really narrow it down. Peter
10: Whimsley Pettigrew, get your tail down to this room this instant. Where do you suppose I found this?
8: Um, I don't know.
5: In the wash. And where do you think it came from?
8: I don't understand. Socks are supposed to go into the wash, aren't they?
5: Intercourse.
10: It is a filthy practice, riddled with disease. Into the bath, young man. Two hours. Do you have any idea the warts, herpes, untold infections, unsanitary, disgusting, filthy, no son of mine?
8: I slammed the bathroom door behind me and locked it. It didn't even look like one of my socks. It was too small to be one of my socks. It must have been one of my sisters got mixed up in the wrong laundry. I'm not entirely sure all this talk of intercourse comes in, and how warts got thrown into the mix, but I don't often listen to Mom and secretly encourage Dust Bunnies as pets until she takes them away. It, it, it isn't as if I had to listen to her. Oh, well. A nice hot bath does sound lovely.
2: away
12: from the scene for a moment to say that I know now that I will never, ever have sex. Some day, in the near future, once I wear Lily down for a second time, and find myself locked with her in a passionate embrace, her lips sweet, and her hair against my hands, I will remember suddenly and without warning, the lone image of my mother peering down at me from behind thick rimmed spectacles, her grey hair wild from humidity and chores, saying Sexual intercourse triumphantly. Um.
6: Okay, several things. Um. The first is uh. Mike. My,
12: my <laughs> accent, I know.
6: You lost it about halfway through.
5: It was so funny. Not really so sure. <laughs> is he from Baltimore or England? <laughs>
9: certain suburb of London that's been colonized <laughs> by people from Baltimore. Exactly. New York, yeah.
4: Um, <laughs>
12: New York. Where yeah. so- did I lose it? Not if it's
4: for you. After um, the first paragraph. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't take it too far, but don't...
5: Instead of saying A-E-I-O-U, say A-E-E- A-A-E-O. <laughs> like that type of thing. E is
9: pretty much the same, but yeah. Yeah,
5: E
6: is pretty much the same. But okay. well the, remember, remember what I talked about earlier today where it wasn't er, it's huh. like um they don't the say the
9: E-R, E-R is basically our uh. It's the same yeah. thing as uh, uh uh. Huh. It's uh, an uh, like
12: uh. Okay. Yeah. I do you feel bad?
6: It was No, don't feel bad. This is fun. <laughs> but um
12: she try your so best to keep
6: it try try up. Her. Okay, I think let's try it again.
12: <laughs> with an accent this time.
6: <laughs> with an accent this time. What's more of feeling?
12: <laughs> yes.
6: Okay, I'm going on mute again. Here we go. And don't forget to laugh, because this is funny. I mean, don't laugh at yourself, but, but laugh in the part. Unless, you know, you're supposed to be crying. And don't do that.
12: <laughs> she cornered me on the way to the shower with a look that said, Don't think you're safe, James Potter. I made a break for it, knowing that if I timed it right, I could leap out of the bathroom window to my death and disfigurement, just in time to avoid the inevitable. Unluckily, the inevitable has just finished washing the floors and managed to tackle me as I slipped on a wet spot and fell headfirst into my own lamentable fate.
6: Yeah, James Potter.
12: Potter. Potter. Potter.
6: Potter. Yeah, Potter. Potter. I mean, it's not...
9: Potter. Potter. She cornered me on the way to the shower and with a look that said, Don't think you're safe, James Potter. I made a break for it, knowing that if I timed it right, I can leap out of the bathroom window to my death and disfigurement just in time to avoid the inevitable. Unluckily, the inevitable has just finished washing the floors and managed to tackle me as I slipped on a wet spot and fell headfirst into my own lamentable fate. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
12: He's good. I'm impressed.
5: (laughs) lamentable 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 yeah as soon as i said it i was
12: thinking
5: my head oh god i did it again she's gonna kill me lamentable
9: (laughs) this episode exists due to the enormous organizational talents of jen and features the voices of dan meg chi mike julia richard lola and myself Thank you very much for listening, and we all hope you enjoyed it. Watch out for our next episode, featuring the seventh Horcrux.
12: Happy late birthday, Ryan! Uh, for your birthday, all of the houses decided we were going to come together. And each of us were going to write and perform kind of a comedy scene to roast you. And the first scene we have is the Slytherin scene. It's written by myself, Mike, us. It's being performed by me as the narrator. Scott's in his most challenging role ever, playing you. We have Janice Jen, PSPS, and Chi is being performed by Cody. The day, January 27th. The place, Ryan's Boston mansion. The setting, the PFW gang is visiting Ryan for his birthday. The conflict, snow. We are going to take a peek into the workings of the PFW's inner circle, and how Ryan rules his hosts with an iron fist. Observe carefully his firm control of the gang, and the way in which he keeps people firmly focused on the important issues. Perhaps in seeing a day with Ryan, where the members of PFW will better understand how and why our forum runs.
6: Ryan! Happy birthday Ryan so what do you want to do for your birth? Snow.
9: Birth snow?
6: Ryan look there's snow outside your window.
9: Well Jen this is Boston.
6: But Ryan it's so snowy.
9: What else would it be? Again this is Boston. You know it snows all the time. It's only my birthday once a year.
1: But, Ryan, the sky is dark blue, the sun's shining high in the sky, and the snow is deep. It's like a picture postcard, and people are rushing off to play. Why don't we go join them?
9: I know, P.S., but you don't have to be so descriptive about it all. I feel like you scathed my skin off here.
10: Excuse me, Ryan. I don't know if you realize this, but that's actually the proper use for the word scathed.
9: You know, Chi? This whole conversation really reminds me of this scene from Babylon 5. See, in a way, you are just like Michael Garibaldi, and there was this one time when he... Brian,
6: stop! There's snow! Outside! Let's go play! Come on!
9: Fine, Jen. Fine. We can play in the snow. Do you even have a winter jacket?
6: You don't really need jackets in Texas. I never wear them anyways. See, the last time I wore a jacket, the squirrel got its tail stuck in the Velcro... I tell you, it was horrible. I was walking to meet my father, and the first thing he says to me is, Jennifer, dear, when did you get a pet squirrel? And I turned my head, and, and there's this squirrel hanging from its tail, stuck to my Velcro. It was crazy. I was screaming, and I was trying to run away from it.
9: Run away from it? I thought it was stuck to your jacket.
6: Well, yeah, but I didn't realize that at first, you see. So I was trying to run away from the squirrel. I I thought it might have rabies, you know, but it kept following me, or that's what it seemed like at the time, and then it got tangled in my hair, it was scratching.
7: What if it did
9: have rabies? Ryan! You could have rabies, Jen.
6: Ryan, I do not have rabies. Anyway... Finally, my dad grabbed my jacket and ripped it off and we threw it on the ground, but the squirrel was still attached to it. And then the squirrel, it went to run across the street to get away from all the loud noise, but the jacket was still attached to its tail and the next thing I knew, my jacket is flying across the street and the squirrel is running up the tree, taking my jacket with it.
1: How on earth did we get on this topic?
9: Don't ask. Seriously, don't ask. Welcome to my life.
1: We were talking about what to
6: wear into the snow. I know what Ryan should wear.
9: Why do I not like the sound of this?
6: Be afraid, Ryan. Be very afraid. Hush, Chi. You're spoiling my plans. Uh,
9: Plans?
6: I got you this uh, birthday present, Ryan. I think you should wear it in the snow.
9: What did you get me, Jen?
6: It involves leather. And you wearing leather... In the snow?
9: Jen, I'm not Draco. I don't wear leather. Danielle wouldn't like it.
6: Yes, she would. I've already spoken to her. It's been arranged. Danielle wants you to wear leather. I'm supposed to take pictures for her. She thinks it'd be cute.
7: Uh, Jen, I
9: actually live here. I know people here. I have family. Yes, I...
6: I've talked to your mother. She says you'd better wear it if you know it's good for you. She thinks it's funny.
9: Talk to my mother?
6: <laughs> of course I did, Ryan. And Danielle said she's going to frame the
1: pictures. Looks like you've been outmaneuvered, Ryan. You had to know it was dangerous to introduce Jen to your fiancé.
9: I didn't think it would be this bad.
1: So, guys, are you going to the snow or not? Snow!
9: All right. Let's go into the snow.
1: Snow! Yes, Jen, it's that fluffy white stuff.
4: And Ryan, make
1: sure you go try on your leather first. No snow without leather.
10: I like that rule, Chi.
6: I have this great slash fig in mind where Ryan and leather gets into a snowball fight with Draco and leather, and they get all hot and... Have you been getting into the cough syrup again, Jen? Think about it, Chi. Come on. Think about it. Ryan, Draco... Leather. Mm. What?
9: Wait, what? What did you just say, Jen?
6: Ryan, leather, Draco, slash. What?
1: Did someone say slash? Uh, I mean, uh, snow. Yes, snow. Are you blushing, Jen? No, but Ryan is.
9: (sighs) Nice way. Next birthday, I'm going out west. Nice camping trip in the middle of nowhere. Montana, maybe.
6: Oh, no, Ryan, you can't, you can't. Yellowstone is in Montana.
1: Er, am I missing something here? Don't ask, B.S. Please, don't ask. But what's wrong with Yellowstone? It's a time bomb. A ticking
4: time bomb, I tell you.
9: This is getting crazy. I've lost control, and we're already within a podcast. It's crazier than that time in Battlestar Galactica where the Cylons were attempting to take control of the Earth colony and they were Wait,
1: the what? Don't ask seriously.
9: Well, CPS. The Cylons are these human hybrid robots who fifty years ago nearly wiped out humanity in an interstellar war. Following the war, there was a brief era of peace. However, unknown to the humans, the Cylons were really regrouping for another crack and I
10: warned you! I told you not to ask. Why does no one listen when you to me?
9: Listen to me. There are a lot of lessons we could take from the perseverance of the Galactica in the face of overwhelming Cylon odds. Snow! In episode eight of the second season, for instance, despite Cylon interference, snow! the human resistors were able to take advantage of a gap in the time-space continuum and, oh, twentieth well, century Earth, in order to
1: snow, 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 snow. I think Jen
6: wants some snow. Oh, you think? Snow.
9: Fine. Fine. Snow. We are going into the snow. People, talk amongst yourselves while I go get changed, then snow.
6: Changed into leather? Changed! Just asking.
12: Five minutes later, the gang is playing in the snow.
1: Eat snow, Jen. Snow! Snow! Like my snow castle, P.S.? Very impressive. You have a talent. Snow! It's all about assuring that the castle's center of gravity doesn't get too far forward. I always liked making snow angels myself. Why aren't you playing, Ryan?
9: This isn't a real snowstorm. I can still see the fire hydrants. Snow! Ah, Jen, don't throw snowballs when I'm not looking.
1: Snowball fight!
9: Ah, gee, P.S., Tell us Happy
6: birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ryan. Happy birthday to you. And many more.
10: Ryan and the Tower, a play brought to you by Ravenclaw
5: House and the letter R.
11: Welcome to this very special episode of Master Fic Theater. Last time we left off, Captain Ryan and the starship Pufwanian were headed to Britain to find and explore this strange thing called Ravenclaws. Admiral G, how are the readouts?
4: We fully prepared for a planetary entrance, sir. Entering the atmosphere in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hold on to your intercollectory strength wire belts.
11: So, this is Hogwarts, huh? Wait, Dave! Dave! Stop this thing! I would if I could.
8: And due to the wolf, she
11: tries to keep leashed, the brakes appear to have been severed. The starship Pufuanian crash-landed in one of the high towers of Hogwarts. The inhabitants of the tower surrounded the crashed ship. Where are... Holy crap! I just can't do this right now. What have you guys done to your common room?
4: You said I could!
11: It's lopsided and three different colors.
4: But
5: we ran out of space! Well, it's your hat that keeps giving us new housemates. Yeah, we needed more rooms. We have to dunk together. We have to live with
11: a boy. I've gone temporarily deaf. So, what's this thing under the
8: stairs? That's Shiny's room. She likes it because she gets to be in charge of the power tools. Hey, look. She left us a note.
5: Hey, Ravenclaws. It's date night, so I won't be able to help out. I'm sure you all will do great, though. Happy birthday, Ryan.
11: Wait a second. You people have power tools in here?
5: Yeah, there's this cupboard right here. She's a bit attached to the gun. Personally, I think we're finished with it for now.
11: Yeah, our room is finished.
5: No, our room is not finished. You and that monkey.
11: Don't mess with the lemur. It's a lemur.
5: Monkey,
4: lemur, whatever. Just keep it out of my underwear drawer.
8: But how does this tower still say up? It's precarious. Look, we took time out of our busy brain-teasing math schedule to do this episode of Master you think we can get back to it? Okay,
13: let's get back to it. The tower is perfectly safe. Headmaster, you are being overly dramatic. Cue the narrator.
11: The Ravenclaws were excited to see the starship, and curious to... Overly dramatic? You Ravenclaws could topple it. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry I'm late for the master recording. I had to conjure more bronze paint for Kismet. Oh, Headmaster, hello.
8: Yes, I figured out the brain teaser. It's 52 squared to the power of 75. Is that even a number?
11: Look, just don't wreck anything. And if you topple the tower, don't come crying to me.
13: What was that? Never mind that now. Can we please get back to the script? or go. The
11: Ravenclaws
13: were... Ag-
2: um, Ali,
1: where's the welding gun? Right, oh, here. Wait,
13: oh, where'd right, go? Oh. Guys, can we get back to the script?
4: Kismet had the welding gun last. She was putting in her extra room. Um,
11: I'm pretty sure we turned it off. Safe. You call this safe? kismet
13: what is she doing up there why is she up there she should be here is scarlet even here yet how can we do this thing when you aren't even ready
3: um kismet left the snow I, i'm upstairs here um i just wanted to let you know that i have the welding gun and i'm not afraid to use it <laughs> i really wanted to say happy birthday to our headmaster and uh, I'm sorry that I'm stuck upstairs here, but I'm kind of covered with blue and bronze paint, and I think that my prefect would kill me if I tramped down the stairs and left footprints. So um, I'm just going to stay up here, and I hope you have a nice birthday. Bye!
8: Scarlett will be late, so she sent me a voicemail.
3: Get off! Get off! Oh, hi, Dave. I'm a bit caught up with Audrey,
6: too. She's got her vinyl on my leg, and she's looking hungry. I'm going to try to get away
10: from her, but if I can't, will you let Ryan know that I wish him a happy birthday? And tell Keza I have dibs on the welding gun. Bye!
13: How can we do this if we can't all get organized? And has anyone seen Jen? Anyone at all? No one?
11: Oh, I do hope the propane tanks in Texas are alright. Big Kismat's up there. I think she was still painting. I'll just go check on her. You people are insane. I mean, I knew about Jen and Chi, but you're all like that. How many countries have you people collectively set fire to? How many toilets across Pufuania are blocked? Are there any koalas left in this world? My heart can't take this. Chi, sort this out. I'm leaving before you all infect me with your brand of insanity. Ah... Silence. Not sure that's a good thing. Um, how many windows are we allowed? Why? Because the Lima just added two, and a skylight.
5: I always wanted a skylight.
11: Unfortunately for the production crew, chaos reigned in the tower that night. The crew struggled to complete the audio play, but as often happens in the Ravenclaw common room, free thoughts ruled the day. All right. Places, people. Places, Daniel. The milling crowd of performers continued chatting amongst themselves, ignoring Dan's call. Hey. "'I called places,' Dan shouted more loudly. "'Yeah? Well, who died and made you the director?' Allie asked. "'Well,' Dan sputtered. "'Someone has to direct this band of fools, "'otherwise we'll never get this recorded. "'And I'm the only one with directing experience. "'Does anyone else here know how to direct?' "'Ooh, ooh, I do,' Scarlet answered, "'her hand raised as she jumped up and down. "'But you can't direct. "'You're in charge of the set,' Dan explained calmly. "'But I don't want to be in charge of the set. "'I want to be the star. "'You can't be the star. "'Lady Chi is the star.' "'The crowd groaned, and Dan quickly added, "'But you're all co-stars.' I don't want to be a co-star, Dave whined. I want to be the executive producer. Yeah, and I want to be the creator, Gazzet exclaimed. And I want to be the grip, Jen giggled while she wiggled her eyebrows at Dan. People, Dan started once again, trying to bring order to the chaos. Well, if they get to do what they want to do, then I don't want to be in charge of sound, Wolfie interrupted and threw down his microphone. Well, what do you want to do? I want to be the saucy cabana boy that steals the heart of the starlet, he shouted. He gripped his shirt and pulled, ripping the buttons off and barring his chest. "'I second that motion,' Lady Chi exclaimed as she came running down the stairs. "'This isn't in the script,' Keza argued. "'I don't need a script. I prefer ad-lib,' June interjected. "'But I already made the costumes!' Sheeny objected and pointed to her jet black robes. "'All right!' Everybody be quiet. We are never going to get this recording done in time for Ryan's birthday if we can't cooperate. Now, where's Rose? She's supposed to be organizing all of you. I think she went to the kitchens with Celine to get dinner for the wrap party, Kismet added from the back. Kismet, what are you doing? You're getting paint everywhere. Yes, well, you said to paint the set. Yesterday. You were supposed to paint the set yesterday. Uh, do you want me to stop? Yes! Dan shouted. Snooty directors think they know everything. Kismet grumbled as she threw down her paintbrush and stomped off. This is boring. I want ice cream. Allie... "'Please, after we're done. Now, come on. Can we please just get to places, everyone?' "'But whose script are we using?' Keza asked. "'Because I didn't write Joe as the saucy cabana boy.' "'This is the worst recording ever. You guys are terrible. Ryan's gonna hate this.' Dan spun around to face the new voice and found Lego snickering at him. "'Lego, just what the heck are you doing?' "'Oh, me?' "'I'm the critic,' Lego replied with a wide smile. "'Oh, that's it. You're all fired,' Dan shouted and tossed the script into the air, which proceeded to scatter everywhere.' We'll just buy Ryan a T-shirt or something.
5: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you.
1: Happy birthday, dear Ryan. Happy Happy birthday to you. Happy
10: birthday to you. Hello, Headmaster Ryan. This is Julia on behalf of all the Gryffindors, and we would like to wish you a happy birthday, albeit a few days late. This is our contribution to your present. It was written by Cyanwitch, and it is being acted with the help of some of our Hufflepuff friends by myself, Anki, Danielle, Amelia, Loweith, Mike of Slytherin, and Scott. So, happy birthday, Ryan. We hope you like this. And thank you, Jen, for saving our butts and recording it. So, here we go. <clears throat> Late one evening, Ryan Huggles was driving home from work. As he drove, he was listening to the latest episode of Pwncast on his iPod. About half an hour into it, Dan made yet another reference to Julia's obsessive fangirling, causing him to laugh so hard that he nearly lost control of the car and crashed into a gas station. For the third time that week.
12: I'll have to pay more attention for now. Why do I keep listening to podcasts while I drive? This must be the third time I've nearly crashed into that gas station, and the manager must think I'm crazy by now. At least I didn't kill anyone, so no harm done.
10: He remembered that his fiancée, Danielle, Mrs. Huckles to you, always says, please be more careful. So he turned off the iPod and decided to make sure that he drove safely home that night. A few minutes later, he saw something very strange flashing ahead of him. On the right side of the road, there appeared to be several flashes of light of different colors and what looked like clinging swords. He heard shouts and cries coming from the area. Must be losing my mind, he thought.
12: Well, that appears to be a battle happening right on the side of the road.
10: He abruptly stopped the car. The car behind him missed crashing into him by mere inches. After profusely apologizing to the very colorful mouthed driver, he decided to pull over and take a closer look at what was happening there. There were three different armies on the battlefield, but only two of them were fighting. One of them was wearing a scarlet and gold uniform and was clearly outnumbered by the other side in blue and bronze uniforms. Then he saw that the third army was happily enjoying a delicious-looking meal at a large wooden table, watching the battle, chatting, and laughing. Ryan decided to approach them and ask what was going on.
12: Excuse me, may I ask what all these people are fighting about and why you lot are just sitting here watching?
10: Ryan addressed a woman with a beautiful smile and a round face that was sitting at the head of the large table. He noticed that she was wearing some sort of nurse attire while the others were in yellow and black uniforms.
12: At least those people have someone to attend to their wounds in the battle ends.
10: Of course you may ask, young man. The woman replied with a big smile and a welcoming gesture at him to join them at the table. Please, have a seat. My name's Jewel. This is Melinda. She indicated a gorgeous, smart-looking blonde woman on her left. Scott. She pointed to the Jesus-like man on her right. Wayne. She gestured towards the dark-haired, round-faced fellow on his left. Lily. Showing the thin, happy-looking woman across from him. Ink. Pointing to the youngest at the table. And only- She noted the Indian woman next to Ink. Everyone greeted him in such a cheerful way that Ryan immediately felt like he belonged in this warm group of people.
12: So, what's going on here?
10: The woman named Melinda answered.
4: Well, the end of term approaches, and as
3: always, they are fighting as if their very lives depended on winning.
9: Yeah, they're always amusing to watch.
12: Well, what is this end of term you're talking about? What exactly does the winner get?
10: You see that large clock over there? Brian looked over at where Lalith was pointing and saw what appeared to be a big digital clock hanging in the middle of the air. It was an unusual clock, in that rather than reflecting the current time, it was going backwards, clearly counting down the remaining time for something. It marks ten minutes left.
9: That marks the end of this school term. And they're fighting to win the House Cup, of course.
10: That was when Ryan noticed a stone pedestal with some sort of golden trophy on it.
12: They're fighting so hard just for that. They're practically biting the heads off each other for Merlin's sake.
5: Yep, and they can't even take the cup home with them. It always stays in the school. My inner Rai is telling me that neither can win tonight.
12: Well, why aren't you fighting as well? Don't you want to win the cup, too?
4: Of course. Who doesn't like to win? But even more than winning, we like to enjoy the journey rather than focusing on the goal. If we win, great. But if not, that's great, too.
5: And more importantly, we don't like to fight our friends. It's so pointless. Nothing good can come out of that. Wouldn't this be a better world if everyone stopped fighting and just hugged each other?
10: Everyone around the table lifted their glasses to that. Ryan had to agree. That was practically his motto
5: in life.
12: Seems like the battle will be over soon anyway. The blue team is winning without a doubt. Why won't the red team give up already?
5: They may lose the battle, but would never give up. Not while but one of them is left to fight. It's in their nature, poor things. They can't help it.
10: Suddenly, chaos erupted. A fourth team had appeared, and that army was double the size of the other two. The new army, dressed in very expensive green and silver uniforms rounded upon the remaining warriors on the battlefield. Several of them dropped some kind of bombs or grenades in the middle of the battle, effectively clearing out the field. There was only one minute left on the clock, and there was no way for the blue and red teams to recover from this last-minute attack. It looked as though the green and silver army would win the
9: cup.
12: Wow, that came from nowhere. It was very strategic.
9: That is in their nature.
10: Everyone erupted into laughter. Ryan noticed that some people from the red and blue teams were still in the middle of the field, no longer fighting but arguing with some of the green team members. Ryan heard that they were saying some not-so-nice things to each other. He stood and approached them.
12: Please, don't say such things to each other. If I'm not mistaken, you're all friends, so you shouldn't fight with each other.
10: One person of the blue team and one of the red teams started shouting at the same time, But this is not fair! Jewel
5: stepped in. It is a fair win, and there's no rules against what they did.
12: I think you should all leave us behind and enjoy the wonderful meal that's over there and celebrate with your friends. The only reasonable thing you can do now is to learn from your mistakes so it doesn't happen again. We'd never jeopardize your good relations with your friends for anything, right? So now hug each other.
10: The red, blue, and green team members, reluctantly at first, hugged each other. Slowly, they were starting to grin to each other again, and soon all was forgotten. With the feeling of mission accomplished, Ryan said goodbye to everyone and walked towards his car. Five minutes later, he was crashing into the back of Mrs. Huggles' bright red car on the house driveway. Mrs. Huggles came running to the door after hearing the crash. She had a very exasperated look on her face. Ugh, what happened this time?
12: Sorry, hon. I was just thinking about something.
10: Ryan looked apologetic. Mrs. Huggles' expression softened. She couldn't stay mad at him for long. Later that night, Mr. and Mrs. Huggles were watching TV when an interesting commercial came on. A crazy-looking red-haired woman appeared on the screen. She looked more than a little drunk. <laughs> the
2: answer to all your problems is in this little old bottle. <laughs> <laughs> <Bio-meter Vegeman. laughs> That's
3: it. Vitamina contains... Vitamins mead, and meads and vegetables and
2: minerals. So why don't you join the thousands of happy, happy people and get a great big bottle of, of uh, vitamins. after every meal. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
10: Ryan laughed. He knew he'd seen this woman before, but he couldn't figure out where. Chuckling to himself, he turned to Mrs. Huggles.
12: Sweetie, I think I know what I want for my birthday this year.
10: The end.
9: Happy birthday from Hufflepuff, Ryan. This is Scott. I wrote most of this script myself with helpful prompting from Anki. It's acted in by Nalaith, Melinda, Mike, Julia, Jen, and myself. I hope you enjoy it.
3: Whenever McGonagall gently closed the door of her office, she couldn't be seen doing what she was about to do. That was Severus's headmaster and the caros terrorizing the school. She herself didn't truly know what she was about to do, a state of affairs she was most uncomfortable with. But, Albus had asked it of her, so do what she would.
9: You must take this, hide it, and keep it safe. I may not always be able to do so.
3: Oh Alice, that's nonsense. Surely you
9: Take it, Minerva. If I am wrong, there will be no harm done.
3: Oh, very well. I'll take your if what precisely is it?
9: An object of last resort. If it should come to pass, the weight of all descends on our dear Hogwarts. If the day comes for a final stand, then and only then should you use it.
3: Swiftly, she removed the deceptively plain wooden box the device was housed in from beneath a pile of parchment in her desk. She need only speak the appropriate phrase, and the box would open, revealing the golden contraption within. She pursed her lips in distaste, Elvis and his ridiculous passwords. Huggles. I always wondered where he found such strange things. What on earth could these markings mean? P F W. Well, not time to bother about it now. We need all the help we can get. She grasped the appropriate knob and twisted.
7: Give me Potter and I will spare. That is all I ask. You have one hour.
12: One hour to... Oh my God! I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. Voldemort? Okay. What's going on? Jen? She? You guys all right?
10: Well, if you're going to fall out of the sky and knock someone unconscious, Tommy Boy's a good one to do it. And various random Death Eaters. Where the heck are we?
6: Well, we're in a clearing, in a forest. Probably the Forbidden Forest, judging by the general spookiness and, you know, Voldemort.
12: Wait, wait. Forbidden Forest, clearing, random Death Eaters, Voldemort, and... You know, I already thought he was incredibly tacky, but really, a giant purple microphone it says to be, he was making the- a... But
10: you have one hour speech, we know. Right, yeah. Well, so I guess we're, uh, in
12: Harry Potter. That's incredibly cool. It's still kind of weird though.
10: Yeah, I mean, how did we even get here? Will we be able to- Ooh!
12: Wait, Jen? Jen, what are you doing?
6: Well, we're in the Wizarding World, right? We probably got here by magic. So I thought I'd see if any magic worked for me. See? I can make sparks.
12: Where would you even get a wand?
6: Just off the ground here.
12: Jen, you don't go picking up some random wizard's wand. Especially a Death Eater. And would you quit waving it around so much? You have no idea what could happen. All right, then. You have a microphone.
7: So- Next time you're feeling jealous of me, cause I'm so famous and awesome at Quidditch. Just remember that time that we took you to Slughorn's office, and you nearly drank yourself to together, but I saved your neck.
12: Hi! Welcome back to Potter Thick Weekly. This is Ryan. And Jen. And she. We're here at the site of the final battle with Voldemort and a few Death Eaters. Fortunately, they're all unconscious, and the peons have been busy tying them up as necessary. Thank you, peons.
6: Yeah, you're doing a great job.
12: So, Jen, anything interesting happened to you this week?
6: You mean besides falling through a magical portal into the world of Harry Potter and getting attacked by centaurs?
12: Yeah, besides that. Wait Centaurs?
6: Yeah. I guess I must have gone through a slightly different hole than the rest of you. So I came earlier, and I landed on top of the centaur, so I guess he thought I was attacking him, and...
12: Wait, wait. Hold up. How are you not full of arrows right now?
6: Well, I just explained to him that I didn't know how I got here, and apologized for falling on top of him, and when we heard Voldemort's message start, we came over this way, so he saw you guys all falling on top of the Death Eaters like that, and he let
5: me go.
12: Right. You know that? I think I'm just going to let that go for now. Just don't go beating a or something. Gee, how
10: are you? Good, good. It's not every day you get to be inside a favorite book series, after all. Day probably would have been boring otherwise. Hey, if we have magic now, do you suppose we should try to help in the bottle or something?
12: I'm not sure we'd be much use. The only one of us who's ever tried magic is Jen, and so far she's only managed to play rock and shoot sparks. Does it seem cold to you? No, you know, it is a little cooler than it was. Strange for summer. What do you think, Jen? Jen? Oh, crap. <laughs> Am I going to have to go down the list? Do not bait acromantulas. Do not tease the Dementors. Do not try to tickle a giant's foot. Do not tell Lucius Malfoy he's got split ends. Do not...
10: Never mind that. There's a Dementor coming.
12: All right. So what now? Think happy thoughts and hope Pixie Dust makes us
10: fly all serious huggles pixie here would be just as likely to toss you out a window
12: yeah i guess so well there's not much else to do but face it is there
10: i'm sorry
6: guys i wasn't even trying to find them i just
12: it's fine jen it's done now anyway hey maybe we'll all wake up in our bed afterwards the weird dream you all know i love you
10: right you too huggles you too
9: expect our pattern Something's wrong. Houston, we have a problem. Hey there, just interrupting for a moment. Apparently there might be a bit of a problem with this point. According to Jen...
6: Ryan will laugh hysterically if you don't say expecto patronum right.
9: But I think you might have been corrupted by the movies. You see, way back when they were just doing the first one, and Scholastic had their Harry Potter site up, I went to that, and one of their little activities was a pronunciation guide. It included such things as Hippogriff, Ollivander, and Rowling, but it also included things like Rebeus, Asio, Voldemort, Bobotone, and the Patronus charm. Now, it seems to me that if the charm is called the Patronus, the incantation would be Expecto Patronum. Those are my reasons, you may think I'm still wrong, which is up to you. Anyway, back to the story.
12: Well, that was timing. Phew. Thanks, Harry.
9: No problem. Um, how do you know my name? Well, we... Oh, right, right. The scar. Uh, never mind. Um, Where's Voldemort?
6: Oh, just over there. He got a bit roughed up when Ryan here landed on top of him, so we gave him some NyQuil. He's sleeping it off.
12: Think you've got time for an interview while we wait?
9: Um, all right. Uh, I guess so.
10: Okay, let's see. What's your favorite moment in the but uh, your life so far?
9: My favorite moment? Um, well, there have been lots of great moments. My friends, Ron Hermione, the feasts at the school, the first time I rode a broom. Um,
10: Well, which one did you use for that patronus just now?
9: Well, actually, that's kind of weird. Uh, Normally, I'd use the first time I'd kissed... uh, uh, That's not for print, by the way. Uh, But this time, I had the name Julia come into my head for some reason. I don't even know a Julia. Like I said, it's odd. Do you
6: think we could get a picture of Ron? I don't do
9: photos. It's. Of Ron.
6: Yeah, Meg really likes him. She'd be so happy.
9: Uh, I really don't know. I suppose you could ask him. He'd probably be all right with it. Um, now's not the best of times, exactly.
6: I suppose not.
12: Let's see, I... what?
9: Uh, nothing. I thought I saw something. Go on.
12: Uh, What would you say your favorite spell is?
9: Summoning charm, definitely. Got me out of loads of trouble, that one. It's a bit hard to learn sometimes, but... What? Nothing. No, you look surprised. Why?
12: No reason, really. I just thought it might be, uh... Expelleramus?
9: Why would you think that? Though I grant you, the best thing Lockhart ever did was get himself hexed in front of me. A summoning charm's more widely useful, though. You so see, you can... Aha! I have you now, Potter. You let your guard down. Or did you think putting a few puffs between us would stop me? Or perhaps this Ravenclaw, a Varic Expelliarmus? Blasted Potter, must you keep doing that? Don't you realize how hard it is to duel without a wand? Uh, yeah, that was kind of the point.
10: Thanks, Harry, but weren't you supposed to let him kill you?
9: Drat. Uh, he wasn't aiming at me, though. I don't think I could have gotten away. Now I'll have to find him a wand somehow without him noticing.
12: Never mind, Harry. We'll handle it.
9: Team, get him. Hufflepuffs? Ha! Even unarmed, I am more than a match for... Oh, wait. Wait, what are you doing? Stop that. No, not the hugs. Anything but... Ah! Wow, I
12: guess ninja hugs really can kill.
9: Dumbledore always said he couldn't handle love. He was right.
12: Seems so. I'm Ryan. This is Jen and Chi, by the way. I don't think we ever actually introduced ourselves.
9: Nice to meet you. Harry, but I guess you knew that. So, about
6: that picture.
7: (laughs)